You're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We're back at the Paracast, and this week Chris O'Brien is back in his home studio. And last week you were at someone's home, and outside the sky was falling. Boy, we are in the monsoon. Last night uh, I had... An incredible experience. We had lightning. Uh, it must have struck within 100, 100, 150 yards five, six times here. I'm back down in, uh, you know, down the hill from Sedona. But, well, I'll tell you, it's really exciting around here this time of year. It's, uh, boy, it's better than the 4th of July sometimes. Well, we've had dust storms in the Phoenix area. And a lot of people around the United States have had really, really extreme weather. And some say, well... Okay, that's because of global warming. Others say, well, global warming, it's just the normal weather cycles. I know yeah. there was this book, When Science Was Wrong, that Stanton Friedman wrote with Kathleen Martin. I guess you remember the book. You weren't on that show, but we had them on maybe two, three years ago about this book. Right. Stanton Friedman takes the position that the theory of man-made global warming is a complete fake. There ain't no such thing. What do you think? Well, one volcanic eruption can put more um, carbon into the air than the entire output of humanity since the Industrial Revolution. So there is, there is some, I think, validity to that. We're not helping uh, by any stretch uh, in terms of carbon emissions and exhaust and uh, pollution, but... I, I would never go as far as to say that uh, it's that activity that is the single largest or sole cause for global warming. I think we are one thing that you don't hear much about is is the sun is actually starting to heat up a little, and uh, we're seeing evidence of that on uh, some of the moons of uh, the the Jovian planets and also also weather patterns here. I think we're Venus is heating up. Um, you know, there's a, a storm on. On Saturn, one of the moons of Saturn, if I remember correctly, I read something about that a couple of weeks ago. So, I think I think that that's probably contributing to this wild and wacky weather that we've been having. I mean, it's uh, <laughs> I think it's going to get a lot more interesting before it gets any more dull. Well, interesting depends on where you live. I mean, if you live back east, where people were without power for days on end, and you wonder, didn't the power companies ever think about preparing for any of this, or do they just produce their power plants with the lowest bidder and they don't worry about it it's all profit driven uh, they're cutting costs cutting corners and cutting you know quality of service i mean it's that's part of the american way that's right let's all earn ten dollars an hour but therefore you kind of look at a hybrid kind of answer here that maybe there is some contribution from humans to global warming, but it's also very much influenced by cycles that are far more powerful than any junk we can send into the atmosphere. That's correct. When Pinatubo, for instance, uh, erupted, they estimated in, I think it was just a matter of three days, it, it produced more carbon, it pumped more carbon into the air than the entire industrial revolution or, or some crazy, I, I saw some crazy factoid like that. And it, it really made me scratch my head and go, well, maybe, uh, you know, we're not helping the situation, but mother nature has a habit of self-regulating. So, um, you know, people say we're going in, 
into this global warming and stuff, well, the planet will probably then uh, cool off. As soon as that Gulf Stream slows down anymore, we're going to stop pumping warm water up into the Arctic, and then, you know, we might kick off an ice age. Who knows? It's not nice to fool Mother Nature. Uh, if you say so. Well, that's how it goes with the self-regulating. And that raises another theory here. Does the variance in weather, the extremes that we're seeing in weather, does that bring about an increase in paranormal events? That's a good question. I don't think anyone's ever done a study uh, on that or done any sort of correlation work on that. I mean, over the years in the UFO field, we've been looking for parallels, some kind of consistency. Well, they travel ley lines. There's a seven-year interval between major flaps. No, it's a five-year interval, except five years later, the pattern doesn't emerge. But then do we look at solar activity? Do we look at other events on this planet and try to relate them? And the other argument being, is Mother Earth sending us a warning? Is that what some paranormal events are where, say, E.T. meets up with somebody and says, well, you're doing things that are going to destroy your planet's climate or environment. Stop experimenting with nuclear weapons or nuclear power plants, etc. Is that Mother Earth coming to the fore and saying, hey, folks, stop it? That's, that's a good question. I don't know the answer to it. But I'll tell you, Gene, I got a really interesting email in my inbox this morning. Uh, it's purported to be from the Palladian Council, and they're announcing that they're going to have a, a grand arrival over the Olympics on August 4th. Uh, do you want to start a, a betting pool on that? No, because this show will be heard on August 5th. <laughs> oh, well, so yesterday, um, the Palladian Council and four other galactic councils uh, are going to uh, do a big display over the Olympics, and I'm not going to hold my breath because it didn't happen yesterday. That's right. And this show is still going to be on the air, so it's not going to continue to happen. Yeah, well. I mean, that stuff is wacky, man. I mean, you yeah. want to talk about wackiness. That's the extreme of wackiness where we have that. Although there are reports of UFOs over the Olympic site in the UK. I saw the video. What would you think of that? With videos, I don't know. Anything could be faked. I think I'm too jaded. It has to be something really superbly clear, obviously not faked, which is almost impossible these days, before I'm willing to accept it. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's our job here at the Paracast, is trying to keep this stuff into some sort of level-headed perspective. Uh, at least that's what I hope that we can do here. We need some more level-headedness. I think that's part of the issue because we're seeing so much variance. And we're seeing now, for example, with the TV show Chasing UFOs, where we have at least two of the participants, James Fox and the skeptic, appear to be serious people. And they got involved with this venture. And National Geographic is looking for ratings regardless of anything. And they're caught in the crossfire. Either they participate and try to make it better or they give it up and it becomes worse. Well, according to uh, to uh, James Fox and Ben McGee, they have not been uh, called on the carpet by National Geographic for their for their comments about the show, which have been anything but sterling. Uh, it's pretty rare that you have the stars of a 
of a new show come out and start dogging their own show, uh, you know, before the, I think the third episode is even run. I, I hopefully uh, Nat Geo will wake up and smell the roses. Well, in commercial TV, what they could also do is say, you know what, we're not going to renew you for season number two. We'll find a couple of other people. I mean, I hope it doesn't happen. I hope that they'll look at that and say, what are we doing with the night vision goggles? And having them say, gosh, golly, gee whiz, oh, beep, 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 I think that's a UFO. Or finding buttons in the soil over in Roswell, New Mexico, and assuming that proves the Air Force was there, even though there wasn't an Air Force in July of, of 1947. They wouldn't wake up and say, hey, guys, there's no Air Force then. I'll tell you what we should do, because we should have our favorite curmudgeon come on the show. <laughs> this is tailor made for this guy. Yeah, Kevin that, D. We're Randall. We're going to have to talk with Kevin about that one. He'll, oh, he's going to yeah. love that one. Kevin Randall is obviously one of the primary supporters of the Roswell case, but he also has some very pointed things to say about chasing UFOs, also about the Aztec New Mexico case, especially after the book that was written by Scott Ramsey and Suzanne Ramsey. And I'm going to put that to him and tell you that I actually tried to get a hold of the Ramseys to come on the show, and it didn't seem to happen. We'll see why. So we have Kevin D. Randall coming with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Neighbors, this summer, you and your team will probably be working from different locations. And that's why I recommend GoToMeeting, where you can meet online with clients and colleagues from just about anywhere. GoToMeeting with HD Faces by Citrix allows you to collaborate on files and plans online. And with HD Faces, you just need a webcam to turn your online meetings into a group HD video conference. You can even participate in HD Faces meetings from your iPad. How about that? Work smarter this summer with GoToMeeting with HD Faces. You know, my listeners can try it free for 30 days. Don't wait for this special offer. Visit GoToMeeting.com, click the Try It Free button, use the promo code PODCAST. Once again, the promo code is PODCAST. You go to GoToMeeting.com, you click the Try It Free button. Take it from me. This is going to be your savior for doing those online meetings in the summer. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light Systems system today complete with two black berkey elements for only 231 dollars and the berkey guy will ship your order free of charge with the purchase of a berkey light the berkey guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only 39.99 that's over 30 percent off the retail price call the berkey guy at 1-877-886-3653 that's 1-877-886-3653 or order online at goberkey.com that's goberkey.com today We've all heard the phrase, don't judge a book by its cover, a wise saying for sure. Now apply that wisdom to nutrition. Don't judge milk by the animal. 
Camel Milk, the best-kept health secret ever. See for yourself at CamelMilkForSale.com and look for the Summer Camel Milk Special. Loaded with health benefits far superior to other milk, Camel Milk has antibacterial, antiviral, and anti-tumor properties, is rich in B vitamins, and is three times higher in vitamin C than cow's milk. 10 times higher in iron. Plus, it contains 52 units of insulin-like proteins per liter, effectively lowering blood sugar levels. Many of our members testified that drinking camel milk reversed diabetes and greatly improved autism. Camel milk comes fresh or frozen from your trusted local family farm, shipped on dry ice to preserve freshness. Go to CamelMilkForSale.com now and look under products and pricing for the summer special with free bonus pints. That's CamelMilkForSale.com. UtopiaSilver.com believes, as the Declaration of Independence states, that our rights come from God, not from government. The only lawful purpose of any government is to protect and secure the rights of the people, and no man or government has the authority to take what has been given to us by God. Among these rights are life, liberty, property, and the pursuit of happiness. And America's government has ceased to be the protector of liberty and of the people's God-given rights. But we, the people, can return America to greatness if we are willing to stand up and reassert our stolen rights. We ask that you join Utopia Silver in changing America's course in history. To save on health care and improve your health, call Utopia Silver at 888-213-4338. For a limited time, new customers will receive 50% off all colloidal silver and colloidal gold supplements. Visit us today at utopiasilver.com. That's U-T-O-P-I-A Silver, utopiasilver.com. Or call 888-213-4338. That's 888-213-4338. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Returning to the Paracast this week, our old friend Kevin D. Randall, author of a number of books, including a recent one, Reflections of a UFO Investigator. He also has his blog, A Different Perspective, at kevinrandall.blogspot.com. And he has some pointed things to say about a lot of things. Kevin, welcome back. Well, thank you very much. Now, some months back, we had on Scott and Suzanne Ramsey to talk about their book about Aztec. And we expected that you would find a lot of fault with it, which you did, and you'll explain why in a moment. But to be fair and balanced here, I will tell you that I did invite Scott and Suzanne to come on the show. I sent them email. I left them phone messages. I've had no response. Now, I'm not going to assume they're chickening out or anything. Maybe they're busy with other... I'm going to say that, that as I began looking into the Aztec crash, after the book came out, Scott was kind enough to send me a copy of the book, and I sent him additional questions, and we conversed through email and on the phone a couple of times. Once I posted my review of it, uh, everything went dark. And I have not, I've sent him emails. I've tried to call him. I've gotten nothing. I've heard, not heard back from him. I have uh, gotten no emails from him, so I'm assuming that he's annoyed at my review. Well, certainly, if you go out on the limb to write a book about something, knowing that it's a controversial subject, there are people who are in favor of the possibility that the Aztec incident involved a crash UFO. People like 
Stan Friedman. Obviously, Kathleen Mart wrote a very favorable comment about the book. And we have people like you and a lot of other people who do not believe anything happened. So he had to expect that. When you write a book, people are not going to just praise you. They may want to bury you. I am often astonished uh, when I look at the reviews on Amazon for my books, whether they're science fiction or UFO books, how people can be at such complete opposite ends of the spectrum. One person will say, this is the greatest UFO book ever written. And the next person says, what a waste of trees. I mean, they're reading the same book, but something, something in the book uh, triggers a response by those people. I try, when I do re- reviews for books, and I, I'm asked to do reviews frequently, uh, I, I just did a couple for the Journal for Scientific Exploration. And, and so I take a look at the book, and I try to give it a fair evaluation based on the, the presentation and the evidence in that book. So when you, when you attack a controversial subject, you have got to be able to present your case with a lot of evidence. And, and that, I think, is where we stumble on some of these books. Okay, specifically with the Aztec book from the Ramses. There's one particular alleged witness where you find serious fault, and that could be obviously a serious detriment to the possibility that it's real. They, in, in the book, they have two alleged firsthand witnesses, uh, one named Doug Nolan, who was first interviewed, and, and, and Scott told me he was not at the interview, that the interview was conducted by a guy named Randy, who nobody knows who that is, at the home, I believe it was at the home, of John Lear. And John Lear, prior to this interview, which was in the mid-1990s, John Lear had been all over the Internet explaining that he believed the Aztec crash was real. So we have the possibility of a great deal of contamination there. Nolan says, well, I was there with my friend, and I I think it was Ben Ferguson, May have been Bill Ferguson. I could look at the book, I suppose. But the guy's dead and cannot corroborate it. So we've got a first-hand, alleged first-hand witness, but we have nothing to put him on the site. When we look at the Roswell case, we have any number of alleged first-hand witnesses, some of which have blown up in our faces, of course. But we always have documentation to put him in the place at the proper time. So this uh, particular Justin, witness, we're getting second-hand information that he's publishing. The witness is alleging that he was there and saw it, but we have nothing to document that he was there. And what I'm saying is, with, with the Roswell case, take Jesse Marcel as just an example. We have the yearbook, his picture's in it. Clearly, he was assigned to the base at Roswell. Clearly, he would have been involved. Okay, so, so in that, that case, in the case of Jesse Marcel Sr., we have independent verification. Yes. That he might have precisely. been there. It's not just somebody yes. saying, hey, I was there, and I saw E.T. or I saw a spaceship. And I saw the bodies, but nobody can testify that person was there. There's no other person. There's no record that he lived in the area. There's nothing. Well, we can put him, uh, apparently he, this Doug Nolan is from the Aztec area. Okay. But we have nothing to put him there in 1947. What I'm saying is with the Roswell case, the first thing we do when somebody says, I was there, we take a look at the yearbook. If their name is in the yearbook, then clearly they were there. If, it, if their name is not in the yearbook, doesn't mean they weren't there. means their name isn't in the yearbook, because Walter Hott told me 15 to 20% of the people weren't in the yearbook. Then we go to the base phone book. I found a number of names in there who aren't in the yearbook. I mean, people said I was there. Um, 
Darwin Rasmussen is the name that springs to mind. You can't find him in the yearbook. His name is in the, the Roswell Army Airfield phone book, so, so clearly he was there. Doug Nolan apparently lived in the Aztec area uh, from what the Ramses tell us, but we see no documentation to substantiate that. That's interesting just, here. The Ramses in their book have loads and loads of pictures of different sorts of documents, some of which have nothing to do with the case, I don't think, and nothing... Nothing that they accumulated or evaluated shows what this guy might have been doing at that particular point in time. The other thing they, the other thing they lack in, in, in the difference in the Roswell case is we've got newspaper reports talking about the, the, the thing falling in Roswell. In the Aztec area, there's nothing. There's no newspaper articles from anywhere. And the, um, the um, editor or owner of the Aztec newspaper in 1947 was interviewed in 1974 by... Mike McClellan, for an article he did in uh, Official UFO about the Aztec crash, and he said he, and he talked to the guy, and the guy said, no, nah, nothing happened here. He's the editor of the newspaper. He would have known. You'd uh, think. How could that be kept a secret? Yes, yes. Uh, the, the, other, the other thing is um, when you take a look at Nolan's story, it parallels somewhat the story told by Scully in Behind the Flying Saucers, the, the, the Newton and Jabauer story which apparently is a hoax. And so we've, we've got these, these two tales where, in, in the one case with Scully, he says the scientists stood around the craft or watched the craft for two days before they were finally able to open it. They poked a hole, or they poked a, a pole through a hole in, in a porthole, and it triggered something that opened it up. In, now, I don't in, understand that at all. I'm thinking of an advanced spaceship from another planet somehow lands here, the hole was conveniently there. It was the only damage to the spacecraft. Okay, so it's crashed. It's the only damage. It, so it, it's already there, but down, they the have the to stick something is, in there to open it up? No, they just poked a, they poked a rod in there, and they were poking around okay. and hit, hit a switch or something, and the thing opened up. Okay, and, how convenient. And, and, and in Ramsey's story, it's, I think it's Ferguson who pokes the, hole, or pokes the, the pole through the hole and hits something uh, within a couple of hours. So there's, there's those sorts of problems that, that are rife in the book. I, and one of the things you mentioned just a few minutes is, is absolutely correct. There's a lot of documents in there, and a lot of them have absolutely nothing to do with the Aztec case. I'll tell you what this has something to do with, benefiting our benefactors. We have Kevin Randall with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. The GCN Radio Network. Providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. G-C-N. Great talk radio starts here. If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com radio, DreamHost.com radio. Fate Magazine provides true reports of the strange and unknown. Keep up with the latest on angels and miracles, psychic phenomena, ghosts, UFOs, life after death, and much, much more. To receive your free issue of Fate Magazine, call now at 1-800-728-2730 or visit their website at www.fatemag.com. That's 1-800-728-2730. What are you waiting for? Your fate awaits. 
If you owe money to the IRS, you can't make the problem go away by yourself. But with the help of Dan Pilla, you can get your problem solved once and for all. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. For 30 years, I've helped thousands of people solve their tax debt problem, and I can help you solve yours, too. We take a very simple but proven three-step approach to solving your problem. First, we stabilize IRS collection actions so you don't have to worry about the IRS seizing your bank account or paycheck. Next, we build a comprehensive plan to get your tax debt reduced to the fullest extent possible, sometimes even completely eliminated. And finally, we work with you every step of the way to get your problem solved once and for all. Call us for a free consultation. Call 1-800-346-6829. We'll work together to get your problem solved guaranteed. Dan Pilla has been protecting taxpayers from the IRS for three decades, and he can help you too. Call us today at 800-346-6829. That's 800-34-NO-TAX. Let's keep preparedness simple. Do you need stuff for disasters? Of course you do. For over 15 years, DisasterStuff.com has, well, stuff for disasters. See? Easy to remember. DisasterStuff.com. Want free shipping on a new Berkey water filter? DisasterStuff.com is the official Berkey in-stock shipping center. Lots of folks want an EMP Faraday bag to protect sensitive electronics during a solar or nuclear event. Now for a limited time, all survival gear purchases over $75 include a free 8x8-inch EMP Faraday bag. Just enter promo code EMP bag when you check out at DisasterStuff.com. We're also a country living grain mill authorized dealer. Plus, we offer freeze-dried foods by Alpine Air and Wise Foods. We also carry emergency kits, survival seeds, and much more. Preparedness should be simple, and it is. Just remember, DisasterStuff.com. Freedom through self-reliance and personal responsibility. The summer specials are on at HHA, Herbal Healer Academy. Current customers know this is the time to save big at HerbalHealer.com. And you customers, welcome to the web's best place to save on vitamins, minerals, and more. Right now, Herbal Healer's summer specials include our 500 parts per million colloidal silver, all sizes on sale. Liquid CalMag Vitamin D and Organic Iodine, CoQ10 with Hawthorne. Colon Enhancer, Super 2, Natural Laxative, our exceptional product Conixin, Memory Power, and Super Male and Femplex, all on sale for summer at HerbalHealer.com. Also get 10% off on the Herbal Healer Academy Survival Course, information that might save your life. Enjoy same-day shipping and free online newsletter. Log on to our nation's leader in supplying quality natural medicine and education since 1988. Herbal Healer Academy at HerbalHealer.com. Hi, this is Don Ecker, and you are tuned into the Paracast. Let me tell you what, you're going to hear stuff here that you probably won't hear anywhere else. Hear that, George Snorri? With Gene Steinberg and Chris O'Brien, we have Kevin D. Randall, author of Science Fact and Science Fiction book. He's covered UFOs for many years. We're looking at the Aztec case, and we're picking apart flaws that he finds in the Aztec case. We go back to Scully. Now, the Ramses made a big effort to resurrect the reputation of G. Bauer and Newton to try to make it look as if, well, in their particular this legal case against Newton, that it was just something that the authorities made up to harass him. What's going on there? If that was the only only thing, if that was the only case against him, yeah, I'm on board. I can, I can see that that might be true. The problem is with, with Newton, he, uh, 
his run-ins with the law go back to 1928. And he is, he is involved in any number of fraudulent attempts to take people's money scams. And how he avoided jail time was every time somebody complained and the law got too close or the courts were getting too close, he made restitution on the condition that the charges would be dropped. But you look at his history, it goes back to 1928 when he's doing this. Okay, Finally, but that's not mentioned in the book. The book implies this particular case that was used in that True Magazine article was really the only instance where he ran into legal trouble. That's the implication I get from the book. It's the only time he, apparently it was the only time he was convicted. But at the time of his death in 1972, there were there was something like 140 lawsuits against him. And, and the interesting thing about Newton, and, and uh, Frank Warren made this perfectly clear to me, he apparently did graduate from Yale and, and apparently was a championship golfer. I mean, he won many, many titles, golf titles. But if there were two ways of doing things, uh, a scam and a legitimate way, Newton went with the scam every time. That was just his mental makeup. So you, you, you have the problem with Newton with this history of run-ins with the law that, that go back beyond 1947 or 1952 when he got into trouble in, in Denver, and it continues through his entire life. Apparently, when he died, he had uh, $16,000 to his name. That's that, his entire asset was $16,000. Here's a guy who's supposed to be a multimillionaire, and, and he died basically destitute. Well, that's more than I have. But look, seriously speaking here, okay, so it looks to me from what you're saying is that the Ramses look for the positive information and kind of overlook the negative stuff? Yeah, yeah. They, they, spin it, they spin it the best way they can. They talk about two firsthand witnesses, Noland and... I think Ken Farley is the other guy that they, they talked to. Both guys are now dead, so there's no way to, to verify it. Neither story makes sense. Farley was uh, apparently living in Durango, Colorado, which isn't all that far away from, from Aztec, by the way. And he and a friend were going to go somewhere, so he drives down to Aztec to pick up the friend, the anonymous friend. We never have that guy identified. And, and then he tells a story about how he showed up and saw everybody out on the Hart Canyon Road uh, looking at this flying saucer. And so there's, there's no corroboration for this guy either. He's, he's, he's a lone voice. The, if the friend was there and we could, we could verify the friend, that would be great, but we can't do any of that. Then they talk about Virgil Riggs, who lived in the Aztec area, apparently went to high school in the Aztec area, and said that he, uh, he had heard about it all his life, but he had, didn't see anything himself. And his father, who lived in the area, thought the thing was a hoax, but, but while Riggs is stationed in England, he runs into a guy named Donald Bass, and Bass is from the area, and he, he was there, and he saw everything, but Bass has disappeared. Nobody knows where Bass is. The Ramses in the book say Bass was killed in Vietnam by a hit-and-run driver. It took me a minute and a half to find out that wasn't true. As you well know, if you type uh, Vietnam Veterans Memorial into your search engine, you end up with a, you, you've got a listing of all 58,000 guys and I say, guys, I think there were eight women killed in Vietnam, uh, and, and only one was a military woman, due to hostile action, I should say. But, but all 58,000 people killed in Vietnam are listed there, and there is no Donald Bass listed, and there's no Donald Bass listed as killed by a hit-and-run driver, as, as the Ramses say in the book. Now, I don't blame the Ramses for that. That's what the family told, told them, or a family told them about what happened to, to Bass. I'm just saying that was something that was very easy to check out and didn't pan out. And it just, that, to me, is just a, a, a 
really kind of an inconsequential mistake other than it was easy to, to refute. So this thing about Virgil Riggs, the whole chapter about Virgil Riggs blows up because Riggs said he didn't see anything. His father said it didn't happen, and the guy who they talked to um, is unavailable. How convenient. Now, looking at the various issues that were raised, you had correspondence with Scott Ramsey. Did he have yeah. any responses at all to your concerns? Yeah, he he was very good about that, and he I had gotten the idea that that um, in the first interview with Doug Noland, he hadn't been there, and Ran, this Randy guy wasn't was was the guy who was interviewed him. Uh, Frank Warren thought that Scott had been involved in that interview, and he said, "No, I wasn't there. It was uh, uh, Noland, this Randy guy, and John Lear." Uh, but but Scott did talk to Nolan uh, after 2000. And so he had he had some information he got from uh, from Nolan himself. But one of the things they do in the book, um, and I, and I'm sure it's more a result of being first time writers than it is anything else. They talk about they talk about uh, Man- Manuel Sodoval, who was a Cuba, New Mexico um, police officer. And as you read the book, you get the impression they interviewed this guy. Uh, because, you know, he kind of verifies some of the stuff. And in talking to Scott, he said, no, I, we didn't, we couldn't find him, but we talked to some distant family members who seemed to remember him talking about that. Well, well okay, that's book, like uh, 14th hand memories or something like that. I uh, think maybe he said even, it's something. Not even that, it's, it's not even that good. There's, there's nothing there. I think what, what Scott has done is taken the story and they believed that Man- Manuel Sotoval was the police officer involved based on Nolan's testimony and so they've plugged him into the story as if he has been interviewed and he hasn't. There's, no in- there's nothing to indicate um, other than they-, they managed to find the guy's name from the uh, uh, Cuban New Mexico Police Department. Now back in the 1980s, William Steinman wrote a much larger book on <laughs> Aztec. Well, no, he might wrote a much larger book. Very little of it had to do with Aztec. There was a lot of ancillary nonsense in that book. Such as? MJ-12. Okay. The, um, the um, Laredo 1948 crash with the Tomato Man pictures, um, which is a hoax. Um, just to name a couple of things that he goes off on tangents about. So basically, it was filler. Now, it looked to me like the book that the Ramses wrote could have been a much smaller book if you got rid of the extraneous documentation that had nothing to do with the case. And yeah, exactly. And, and I asked, uh, I asked about some of that. They, they have the, the, the FBI document, the one, the Hoover memo, as we call it, where the um, Air Force is asking the FBI for help in investigating the backgrounds of UFO witnesses in uh, July of 1947. And um, Hoover wrote on it uh, something to the effect, um, I, you know, we should do this, except I would, I would um, want access to this recovery. For example, in the, and then the handwriting is such, you're not really sure, but I think it says, you know, L.A. case, the Army took it, or Army grabbed it and wouldn't let us see it. Well, I, I, that document's in the Aztec case, or the Aztec book, has nothing to do with Aztec, has nothing to do with Roswell. I think it has to do with that Shreveport, Louisiana hoax from early July of 1947. But that document is there as if it, it, it lends some credibility to the Aztec case because Hoover's talking about um, 
discs recovered. But in, in that case, he's talking about a specific case in Shreveport, Louisiana, that, that I think almost everybody, and I say that because things that I assume are well-known facts, uh, there are people who argue with it, about them, but I, I think almost everybody believes the Shreveport, Louisiana case was a hoax. The only question is, was, was the notation by Hoover in his handwriting, did it say L.A. for Louisiana? And I did find another FBI document where that, that endorsement is typed out, by one of his top assistants, and it does say L.A. as opposed to S.W. or some of the other various interpretations, the way it's scribbled on there. We have so, Kevin so, Randall joining us this week with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are... The GCN Radio Network. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items. And entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo Tote Bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. Every day, nearly 3,000 families enter into foreclosure and face losing their home. If you're currently behind on your mortgage, you can still avoid foreclosure. You can save your home, but you need to act now. We're Allied State Foreclosure Services. We're experts in saving homes from foreclosure. With just one phone call to us, you can stop the foreclosure process, lower your monthly mortgage payments, and save your home. Call now. The call is free with no obligation. 1-800-597-8843. Call us if you've been threatened with foreclosure, denied loan modification, or missed a payment on your mortgage. If you've been a victim of a predatory loan or are upside down on your mortgage, even if you've lost your job and you're worried about losing your home, don't wait. Call us now and let us help you save your home. You've worked hard to build a life with your family. Let us help you keep your home. Call now before it's too late. 1-800-597-8843. How would you like to have normal blood pressure? This is Ernesto from Illinois. I had my doctor's appointment yesterday and I got my labs in. My HDL is 119L and my LDL is 37L. My doctor asked what I was doing to lower it so much, so I told her about HB Extract. Millions of people like Ernesto are suffering from high blood pressure, congestive heart failure, unbalanced cholesterol, irregular heartbeat, and clogged arteries. But now there's an effective, natural, 100% organic nutritional supplement for a healthy heart and circulation. Heart and Body Extract. My blood pressure has not gone past 125 over 80 in almost a month. Experience amazing benefits when your body gets what it needs with the assistance of Heart and Body Extract. She did a double take when she looked at my ER labs. 
she couldn't believe it. Order at HBExtract.com or call 866-295-5305. That's HBExtract.com or call 866-295-5305. Thank you. Heart and Body Extract. Prices are for base buildings only and may not be available in some areas. This is an alert. If your business or church is building next year, you're about to pay more than you should. This could mean thousands of dollars more for your office, retail space, church, or warehouse. So call General Steel now for the quality and the price in a pre-engineered steel building that you just can't beat. That's right. General Steel can save you thousands of dollars with a pre-engineered steel building designed for your business or church. What does it mean? How about a 50 by 100 foot building for under $30,000? Don't pay thousands more than you should without calling General Steel first. Call 898 Steel today and save as much as half the cost and time of conventional construction. Don't let rising steel prices put your project in jeopardy. Call now to lock in your price for three months. Call 866-99-STEEL. That's 866-997-8335. Don't spend thousands of dollars more than you should. Call 866-99-STEEL today. This is Leslie Kane, and I'm with the Coalition for Freedom of Information, and you are listening to the Paracast. So we'll just spend a few more moments here talking about Aztec before we get on to so much other stuff with Kevin Randall (laughs) on the Paracast. And Kevin, of course, is obviously a disbeliever. Now, I I understand your reasons. You can't find evidence that convinces you. The Aztec Aztec case to me is a hoax, and I waited patiently for the book to come out. I know that... um, Scott and others said you, you guys you have to read the book to see what to see what evidence we've uncovered, but the evidence uncovered in it was was extremely weak, and and I know that some of the other um, people in, involved in UFO research have been very very disappointed in the in, in the book, and I'm absolutely stunned. I in fact I saw Stan four four or five weeks ago, and I said Aztec really, and he said Aztec yeah, so he. Maintaining that Aztec is is a solid UFO crash. Which okay, this is Stan Friedman maintains it is. Frank Warren thinks it is too. Sure. Uh, he's pretty convinced yeah, Frank, that it was a real yes, deal. but 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 with Frank Warren, you can't say to him, "Well, gee, um, the MJ12 document mentions nothing about it." So if Aztec is real, why is it mentioned in the MJ12 document? Does that mean the MJ12 document is a fake? Seems to me you've got a mutually exclusive viewpoint here. Hmm. Yeah, good point. Okay, so. We have the Aztec case. Some believe it, but we're still waiting for more information. I'm really sorry that the Ramses are not, at this point, basically trying to defend what they did. I, th- I think what they should have done um, is, is talk to some of the UFO researchers and get an idea of what we would like to have seen in the way of evidence. Uh, you know they have they have they present the names of two first-hand witnesses, but we have no corroborative testimony f- about that. Uh, much of the other stuff is second-hand at best. And 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 to their to their uh, credit, in in the story about the preacher who supposedly saw this, the guy never told his own son, but told a deacon in the church and one of the deacons' son about it. But in his own son says, "No, this his father never mentioned it." But the but the Ramseys, to their credit bring that up in the book. That's why I know this is they, they, they published that in the book. And I, I would have liked to see a little bit more of that sort of um, analysis by them as, as they get, went, through the, went through the evidence. It reads to me almost like the prosecutor's case 
against the guilty party being the spaceship at Aztec, and the defense <laughs> says there was no spaceship. I, um, but but the prosecutor always has an obligation, which they don't always meet, to to uh, search for the truth. Um, the defense is supposed to defend defend their their client, regardless of what the truth is. The prosecution is supposed to find the truth. They should have been operating as the prosecution, not the defense. And and I don't think they operated as a prosecution. They they operated as the defense, and they overlooked things that that didn't fit with their scenarios. And and and, and in fairness to Frank Warren, when I brought some of this stuff up to him, he he would say, "Yeah, that's a good point, you know." And, and it's it's very worrisome, especially the dichotomy between what Scully said and what um, uh, Nolan and this Farley guy said. You know, that's 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 very problematic. Uh, but Warren Warren, I think, is a fan of of Silas Newton. Because he was, well, he wanted to argue Silas Newton. He sent me all kinds of information about Silas Newton, which was very interesting. But at the end, Silas Newton was a con man. And Silas Newton doesn't prove that Aztec occurred. And well, Silas Newton also didn't see anything supposedly. He was relaying what he had been told. So yes. when you get, when you, by the time you get to Scully, you're third-hand information at best. So there you go with Aztec. Now, another person who came on the show on occasion a few years back made one observation, which is he calls the Aztec case like Dracula. You keep <laughs> sticking a stake into its heart, but then yeah. it comes back again after you pull the stake out. Yes, yes. You would think after, after and, 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 the, and by the way, the Ramses do go after J.P. Kane. Uh, who wrote the the uh, article that really trashed Scully's book, and and saying that he wasn't fair in his analysis? But if you listen to his, um, and, and you can find it on the internet, the last speech he gave about it in the mid 1980s, I think it was. You know, Kane is really pretty funny. But but after after Kane, you thought you would think had driven a stake through the heart of the of the Aztec case. It comes back in in the guise of. Uh, uh, Robert Spencer Carr, I think the guy's name was, in the mid-1970s, said that he'd talked to five people who he, he was convinced was telling him the truth and, and that the Aztec case was real. And then you have Mike McClellan doing his, his analysis of the Aztec crash as a hoax based on talking to the guy who was the sheriff in 1948, the newspaper reporter and other, other wit, uh, uh, witnesses or other residents of, of Aztec who's saying it didn't happen. So you think, well, that's, we're done again now. We're, we're done with Aztec, and then we have Steinman's book come out. And Steinman was a true believer, and what really cracked me up about Steinman's book, so he blows into Aztec, He's, uh, he puts an ad in the newspaper looking for witnesses, and then he goes to a garage sale, and he says to the people, you know anything about this Aztec crash? And they said, oh, yeah, we know all about it. And he finds out the people had moved to Aztec in 1972. Well, you know, okay, you're, you know all about it, but you weren't here at the right time. <laughs> And and you know uh, and and that's the level of evidence we get from it. You know these guys were there in 1972. He he talks about this Harold Dunning, and he goes out to interview Harold Dunning, who owned property and may have owned the crash site at one point uh, about this. And Dunning doesn't want to talk to him. So Steinman sees a conspiracy in that. Never never figuring that maybe Dunning is really sick of people showing up on his front door to talk about this crash that he doesn't believe ever happened. Or maybe he tells them a story just to get rid of them. You have to kind of worry about what's going on over there. Well, but but you see, the the, the point is the pe the longtime residents are all saying this. This didn't happen. Right. Well, the so, flyover happened uh, a couple three years later. Uh, that did make the newspapers. A whole, that's a whole different. Argument. Yeah, yeah. That that that's that's I think one of the 
One of the real dark horse UFO events, I think, from the time period, that that was a huge flotilla of, of objects that was seen and, uh, and, by and, quite and a number of people. And, why, and, excuse and me, was, why don't we move away from playing inside baseball here and explain this case, Chris? Well, I, probably Kevin knows more about it than I do, but I, I, I do see I wouldn't bet on that. Yeah, I do, I do recall <laughs> uh, Tom Adams, uh, who was a longtime researcher from Paris, Texas, looked into – um, some very interesting sightings that happened, I think, over a two- or three-day period, if I remember correctly, of uh, a large flotilla of objects that were seen by, by as, uh, residents in, the, in that particular area between Aztec, I think, and Cortez. And, and, the, and there were reports of, of dozens and dozens of objects, if I remember, um, that were seen. Well, and and the, this did what, make the papers. Excuse, yeah, excuse me. Let, me. let me interrupt. It wasn't that, but it wasn't the flotilla, flotilla in, uh, the 19, in 1950 as opposed to 1948? Yeah, correct. Yeah, it was 1950. Yeah, and 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 according to the Ramses, there were a couple of UFO sightings in 1948 in the in the Aztec area. But this is the Farmington, New Mexico thing from from 1950. Right, Farmington. There you go. I, I knew it was in that area, so it was south yes. of there. It was between Aztec and Farmington. Correct. Yes. Um, I I think I do actually have a a copy of that. Article. I think it was either in the Durango paper or the Farmington paper. I I, I haven't seen it in years, but but um, perhaps that could have been an inspiration for some sort of crash story uh, to even develop in the first place. Uh, well, you know, the, the only excuse, well, I was going to say the only problem with that the, the Scully's first article appeared in October, I think, of 1949. Oh, okay. But in that, okay. In that, but in that first article, as Frank Warren pointed out to me. <laughs> yeah, uh, Scully doesn't mention Aztec. It's other UFO crashes, but he talks about the little the little men with the uh, perfect teeth and dressed in 1890 garb and that sort of thing. But the first the first mention of of the UFO crashes from from Scully is is October of 1949. So then the mm-hmm. Farmington thing is later, and then Scully's book comes out in '52, I think it is. Now, before we get on to another topic, we'll drop Aztec in a moment, ladies and gentlemen. Do we assume then with this book and the comments and response, this is going to be it for Aztec for here on or five years from now somebody else is going to resurrect this case? In in, in ufology, everything cycles back through, and and it doesn't matter how well something is solved. It it always comes back. And so um, somebody is going to get the Aztec bee in their bonnet and going to try to find something else out about it. And, and and the the sad thing is, uh, you know, when I was when I was working on my PhD, the one thing that they always taught us was you make a literature search. You you, you okay. You, you have a research question you want to answer, but you make a, a, a search of the literature to see if anybody else has done the same research or if there's research that may help you refine your question. And apparently, with Aztec, nobody bothers to do the the, the research. They just they just jump into the Aztec cage without looking at what's gone on beyond uh, before them. And, and that's the sad thing. And I think in ufology, we need to do more of that. If you are going to attack a ufological problem, whatever it is, you should at least be aware of what the literature said before you. Or just write the same old things all over again. Nothing ever gets solved. We're trying to resolve a few things. We have Kevin Randall. You're joining Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast.
Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. The food storage industry leader has done it again. Introducing FDG Clubs and Survival Bucks from the Freeze-Dry Guy. For over 39 years, the Freeze-Dry Guy has served various government agencies and the private sector with the finest in storable foods and emergency rations. If you've wanted to build emergency food supplies but couldn't afford it, now you can. Go to freezedryguy.com, click on products, and look for the Freeze-Dry Guy Clubs to pay as you go. Now you can build food storage without going into debt. Choose from a payment range of $95 to $450 per month. Our clubs work with everyone's budget. Plus, when you join Freeze Dry Guy Clubs, you'll get additional rewards. For example, this month, get 10% back in survival bucks on all purchases in the Freeze Dry Guy product line, plus free shipping within the lower 48 states on any order amount. Hurry, go to freezedryguy.com or call 866-404-3663. That's freezedryguy.com or call 866-404-3663. The Freeze Dry Guy, the best you can buy. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. With Kevin Randall joining the Paracast with Gene and Chris. We started off with Aztec and the reasons why he can't accept that case. Let's return to one of his favorite cases that he does accept, Roswell. Now, there's a piece you wrote at a different perspective. That's the blog, by the way. He has kevinrandall.blogspot.com about Roswell and Chase Brandon. Chase Brandon being an alleged CIA whistleblower. What's the story? I believe Chase Brandon is the real deal. I mean, he worked at the CIA. And uh, I think other other researchers have been able to, to confirm that. Uh, uh, one of them actually called him at CIA headquarters in, in Langley and chatted with him for an hour or so a number of years ago. In fact, the guy said something to Carl Flock about it, and Flock said, uh, yeah, he was gathering information on you as you were chatting with him. So clearly, clearly he was. But the thing that, that really cracked us up, and I say us, the Roswell researchers, so he's bumming around the, the CIA. He's in the vault, and by vault, you know, we think of a bank, bank vault type thing where they're highly classified materials are kept. He just happens to be bumming around in there. Yeah, I, I, in my experience with top secret material, you didn't go into the vault unless you had a reason to go into the vault. You just didn't go in there to, to bum around. But he's in the vault looking around, and he finds a box labeled Roswell. 
And so he pulls it down and he sees in their photographs and reports that convinces him that Roswell's the real deal, extraterrestrial. <laughs> I'm thinking this is just this is preposterous on that. This is this is as dumb as Corso's story about uh, seeing the bodies of Fort Riley, Kansas. You know, his his sergeant buddy was in there. The, the, the convoy from Roswell was going to Wright Field, and they stopped at Fort Riley for overnight to overnight, and they had apparently unloaded the trucks and put guards from, from Riley on, on the stuff, and one of the guards opened a box and found an alien, and he called his buddy Corso, and they looked at the alien. I mean, Ch- Chase Brandon's story is as preposterous as that. You know, I'm just, I'm just in there looking around and find a box labeled Roswell. Why would it be labeled Roswell, for God's sakes? Why wouldn't it be ra- labeled something else? Not, why not just date it? Uh, but but the, the whole the whole thing struck us as preposterous, and then we discover well he sell, he sold a science fiction novel. Oh well, now we know he's trying to get his face <laughs> face on television, his voice on the radio, so he can sell some some science fiction books. And more power to him on that. But his opinions on Roswell mean less than nothing to me. Is that like Annie Jacobson who wrote this Area 51 book, and she throws in a Roswell thing there just to get headlines, get on TV, interview shows, and sell the book? I think so. I think so, because Roswell sells, and, and everybody knows it. Uh, you, 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 I, I would think a book about Area 51, if she got the history of it right and was doing all this other stuff, I, that would be a fascinating book. But she talks to this unidentified source who tells her about the, the – and, and she doesn't even know enough of her history to realize that Mengele and uh, Stalin wouldn't be doing anything together, uh, creating, creating the, you know, the mutant teenagers to fly the uh, UFOs. So they basically don't have fact-checkers at her publisher. The other thing to add, by the way, is supposedly she is a co-executive producer of a new AMC TV network show about Area 51 taking place in the 50s involving UFOs, kind of a modern-day variation of the Dark Skies show that Bryce Abel did back in the 90s. Well, you know there was a science fiction series uh, 15 years ago called Area 51, uh-huh. which dealt with um, the UFOs and all of that stuff. Stargate, SG-1, on the Sci-Fi Channel. Well, it started out in Showtime. But oh, sure, but it's been, it's, it actually descended, yeah, were- from, it descended from a movie from Roland Emmerich and Dean Devlin, who did Independence Day. They came up with a TV variation of it, Stargate SG-1, which went on for no, like 10, 12 years. No, no, Star- Stargate came from the movie Stargate. It that's was right. an actual movie. Stargate, Stargate, that's what I'm saying. The movie with Kurt Russell... And James Spader, this movie from the 90s. Then they made a TV show, Stargate SG-1, which begat Stargate Atlantis and Stargate Universe, which ended like a year or two ago. So they got quite a bit of mileage out of that. In in the Stargate series, uh, they're often over at Area 51, uh, where the alien technology is stored. You know, not just in the Cheyenne Mountain complex, but over there always going over to Area 51 to goof around. So, I mean, Area 51 as a science fiction device has been well-mined in the last uh, 20 years. Okay, so there's always room for Area 51. It's yes. part of the mythos. Yes. And if you claim you knew something, you can possibly get some headlines. Yes. Well, the, the thing I've always been going to do is put on my uniform, go to Wright-Patterson and have a f- uh, film crew with me and say, yeah, I just came from the building. I saw the body. What's the big deal? <laughs> I was just in there. I saw them. Yeah, let's go on. Just go uh, on in there. You can definitely see the bodies. They yeah, well, they, they won't allow you. you in with a camera, but I just came from in there, and I saw them. So. And when you see them, you'll see <laughs> Philip Corso's fingerprints on the coffin. 
Yes, you will. And you will find a, a duplicate Chase Brandon box labeled Roswell. So it's all there. Actually, it's in Warehouse 13. <laughs> yes, that's exactly where it is. <laughs> you guys crack the me up. The, the Sci-Fi Channel, the Sci-Fi Channel, ought to send us money for all the programs of theirs we're promoting. <laughs> they should send us a check because they have so much of the stuff. I like the Sci-Fi Channel. I have fun with their shows. I don't take I, them seriously, but I certainly have fun with them. Oh, I like Destination Truth. I think Josh Gates is a hoot. <laughs> <laughs> Never finds anything, but he has a lot of fun looking for it. <laughs> Let's talk about those people who found an Air Force button at Roswell, New Mexico, this kind of wacky TV show called Chasing UFOs from the National Geographic Channel. Now, let's understand something here. One of the participants of the show, James Fox, has been on the Powercast a number of times. He's a sincere gentleman. He's done some pretty good work with his own documentaries. So he hooks up with this crew. For chasing UFOs, ouch. Now, we've already spanked him a few times on the show. Our listeners have spanked him in our forums. I've talked to him on the phone and spanked him. We've had him on the show talking about chasing UFOs, and he was a pretty good guest, and he was very honest about what he had to say. So, very briefly, why do we get shows like that? Who thinks that people who might be interested in UFOs are going to care about the worst possible reality show? Well, the one thing that you didn't point out is that Aaron Ryder was on Destination Truth with Josh Gates. I just happen to know this fact for no reason whatsoever. I think what yeah, she's also an executive producer on Chasing UFOs as well. Yes, and the, the thing the thing is, I think the the net, the, the networks, the the cable networks, understand that UFOs will bring in ratings for them, and they're interested in ratings. I think that that button that they found was planted out there because after, after the show aired, I uh, found, having been in the Air Force myself, I found one of the buttons from a, from a uniform, and it had been exposed to the air for 20 years, and it was not in nearly good a shape as that button was that they found. Uh, it, when they found the button, I knew immediately it was irrelevant because in 19, July of 1947, the Air Force didn't exist. So nobody would have been out there to drop an Air Force button in July of 1947 when they were retrieving the material. The other problem they have, it's a button off a Class A uniform, and anybody with any military experience would have known that no one in a Class A uniform would have been out there crawling around picking up the stuff. The guys would have been in fatigues. Or as we would say today, our Army combat uniform, ACUs, which used to be BDUs, which is battle dress uniform, but, were, but used to be fatigues. Um, but the the button the button was from a Class A uniform. They wouldn't have been out there in a Class A uniform. So the minute that, that it was picked up, I, the minute I saw it on the program, I knew that this button was irrelevant. It had nothing to do with the Roswell case. It was it was obviously planted out there by somebody, and I don't know who planted it out there. Planted it there. I have my suspicions. Are we going to assume that maybe one of the advanced people for this TV show did that? I, I think that's exactly what happened. I don't think, uh, is it Ben McGee and uh, Jeff, is it Jeff Fox? James Fox. James Fox, James Fox, or Aaron Ryder. I don't think they had anything to do with the planning of the button, but I think the button was planted out there. You look at the button, it's pristine. It's supposedly laid out there for 65 years, and they pick up the button. It looks like something you could sew on your uniform today, not to mention the fact that you could go to any surplus store in 
the free world and find Air Force buttons to, to take out there. Well, it's maybe we're like losing our buttons. I don't know. We have Kevin Randall with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack! Attack! Of the Rockwell. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans the galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack, Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R O C K O I D S.com. Attack, Attack. Of the Rockwell, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. Iodine protection packs from HempUSA.org are now in stock for immediate delivery worldwide. Our iodine protection packs include micro plant powder, green life kelp, red palm oil, and our clear roll-on iodine that will feed the body the iodine it needs. All iodine protection packs are in stock. Save you money and ship for free in all 50 states. Visit HempUSA.org or call 908-691-2608 today. HempUSA.org has a revolutionary wonder food for detoxing the body and rebuilding the immune system. Microplant powder can help unclog arteries and soften heart valves while removing heavy metals, virus, fungus, bacteria, and parasites. Plus, it cleans and purifies the blood, lungs, stomach, and colon. Keep your body clean with microplant powder. Visit us at HempUSA.org or call 908-691-2608 today. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today, complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231, and the Berkey Guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey Light, the Berkey Guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey Guy at 1 886 3653. That's 1 886 3653. Or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today. Most of us eat a blend of processed, man-made, and all-natural food. But the food you eat may not provide all the nutrition your body needs. We now know that liquid vitamin supplements are absorbed faster than pills. That's why you need C-Energy from AffinityCEnergy.com. Sea vegetation is known to be the richest source of organic minerals, and that's what you'll find in all-natural, great-tasting Sea Energy. Sea Energy contains aloe vera, black cherry, cranberry, and pomegranate juices, plus ginseng, cat's claw, ginger, ginkgo biloba, and over 50 trace minerals. 
needed for a healthy metabolism. All from natural organic sea plant sources. Get a 10% discount by using promo code GCN at checkout when you order Sea Energy from AffinitySeaEnergy.com. Call 855-732-3637. That's 855-732-3637. Or go to AffinitySeaEnergy.com today. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. With Gene and Chris in the Paracast, we're focusing, for a few moments anyway, on the Chasing UFOs TV show, still playing on the National Geographic channel. If you want to check it out or maybe have a good laugh, depending on your point of view. Now, this button, it doesn't matter what the button was of someone from the Army that might be dated back to 1947. What does it prove? Absolutely nothing, except that somebody from the Army may have been there and lost a button. Well, it was an Air Force button. I understand what it was, but I'm saying if it was if, if, a, if, if it, it was a button been, from it, some other service, what's the difference? The button is, as you pointed out, the button's irrelevant. It doesn't prove anything. And I don't know how many people have been across those fields in the last 20 years since they were first identified. I think what happened was somebody knew about Frank Kimbler. Frank Kimbler is a geologist who teaches in Roswell, and he has been out to the debris field a number of times, and he's found, he's found some buttons off fatigues, but I don't think anybody with the TV show knew what that meant, so they went out and found an Air Force button to drop out there. The thing that kind of annoyed me about that is nobody would know where this place was if it hadn't been for me, and I got, I got um, Bill Braswell to take us out there. Bill Brazel took Don Schmidt and me out there. So we know where this place is because Bill Brazel took us there, and in, in, in the last year or so, people said, well, you guys have the wrong place. And so I published the picture of Don Schmidt standing with Bill Brazel on his pickup truck, where Bill Brazel saying, yeah, the little bits of I found were right around here. I mean, Bill Brazel took us there. I mean, you can't find a better source than that. So uh, we know where it was. Uh, Frank knew where it was because the International UFO Museum told him where it was. They knew where it was because uh, Don Schmidt told them where it was, and Don Schmidt knew where it was because I got Bill Brazel to take us both out there. But you see, you have to look at the thing here, too. This looks like the really cheap way to make a TV show, where you go into a place and you look for something, anything, and you say, gosh, golly, gee whiz, we saw something, but it has to be done at night, so you have the night vision. It's kind of like this paranormal activity or Blair Witch Project kind of taking pictures. You call found footage these rough, rushed, fuzzy, handheld cameras. It gets very annoying real fast. In fact, there was a TV show on, I think, last year on ABC where they have this same kind of motif from the producers of paranormal activity. And the thing lasted, you know, just a few weeks before people gave up on it. I think that technique grows real old real fast. But the question I would have in general, and I hope, let's just say this honestly, I hope that James Fox does succeed in, if there's a second season for Chasing UFOs, finding a way to do it better to improve well, it, to provide a decent level of scholarship research, and to make an entertaining presentation, not just a cheap out. I just saw the episode yesterday again, and I watched the, the ending where they find the button and all of that nonsense very, very carefully. James Fox may be a wonderful guy, but he's right there playing his role as they find the button. 
you know, wow, this is great. I'm, you know, I'm getting chills. I'm getting chills up and down my spine. This is great. This is amazing. We found something important. Now you found a button that shouldn't have been there and, and has nothing to do with the UFO crash. He's being hired as an actor. That's exactly it. They, 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 and it was bad acting, too, by the way. No, no offense, James. But it was, the acting wasn't very good. And, and then, you know, they've got that stupid footage from the missile crash at White Sands. Right. <laughs> and, you know, this has been around the Internet for, what, 15 years? They're saying, well, we talked to our missile guy, and he said this couldn't possibly be a missile. Yeah, would you like to know what test it's from? If you, if you checked with White Sands, they'd tell you exactly what test it was from because they, they know what the footage is. And now we get, we get on their, uh, their blogs and whatnot saying, well, you know, yeah, we kind of blew it on this one, and we really don't want to do this sort of thing. Yeah, well, you did that sort of thing, and you got caught up in the moment, and it, and it does us all a disservice because it makes us all look like a bunch of idiots. Do you think that was a self-serving blog entry then? I think so. I think the, the, the Roswell one really annoyed a lot of people. I mean, I even put a blog entry on there that talked about, you know, the, the button being from the Air Force, and it shouldn't have been. My, my entry on my blog was dated two, two days before their blog entry. I sent both McGee and uh, Fox emails and never heard back from them, but they probably got 8 billion a emails, so I really didn't expect to hear from them, expressing my dissatisfaction with it and what's wrong, and then suddenly we get this, well, you know, uh, you know we have these problems and we were doing this and you know, we're really disappointed in that, and I'm thinking, yeah, it's very self-serving. It's exactly self-serving. I've got to chime in here, uh, too. They did a, uh, I think the third or fourth show uh, touted the San Luis Valley as as being this hot spot, and then they covered all these cases that, that weren't, weren't even close to the valley. And kind of the insinuation was that, that these cases were from the valley, and that to me is – that's almost going over the line into uh, dishonesty, using a, the name of a place and then not even doing anything there. To me, that's, that's uh, <laughs> quite self-serving. Well, yeah, or, or say a real live news organization using rocket igniter motors to prove that size saddle, saddle uh, gas tanks on pickup trucks will explode, but they couldn't get it to do it, so they used rocket igniters to make sure it exploded in a spectacular way. I won't mention the network NBC that did this a number of years ago. We shouldn't mention but, NBC, NBC. Well, I, I don't want to mention NBC, but... No, but, I don't know why we talk about NBC, because they've had problems. But that, the, the whole point is you, you're, you're, you're lessening people's belief in what, what they're seeing on television when it's supposed to be news. Now we have documentaries, and it, I get that the, um, the, the, the producers uh, of the documentaries sometimes have their own agenda, and it comes through on the documentary. And if I'm making a documentary, then my agenda may come may come through in in the documentary. But by the same token, this this chasing UFOs is, is just preposterous. They find a piece of tin in the in the Roswell debris field, and they get excited about that. And I'm thinking it's a piece of tin for God's sakes. And then they get back and they analyze it. Well, this is from a tin can, really? Boy, boy. But they're talking about well, it's very desolate out here. Yeah, but. That place has been identified for 20 years, and it's a working ranch, so people have been around there. There's been at least two archaeological expeditions out to that place where they were. Now, I know on the one that I was involved in, we were very careful not to leave stuff behind, which is not to say we didn't drop something or leave something behind, but we tried to make sure we picked up everything that we took in there. There's been that. There's been lots of people traipsing around that area in the last 20 years. The, the coordinates were published in the MUFON journal once, at least once that I know of. And I think if you Google Earth, you can, find, you can find the coordinates on Google Earth now. So there's been a lot of people out there, so the fact you found an old rusted tin can is really irrelevant. This is a crime scene that has been contaminated to a fairly well. Yes, yes. 
in fact, I know people have been scattering metal out there to, so, to trip up people with their metal detectors. I know that for a fact, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm almost positive that button was planted out there. So basically speaking here, it's really difficult in terms of the original site. Probably impossible at this point to do anything in terms of getting any information, or am I wrong? There, is, there, there may be something there. When we were talking to people uh, back, back in the early 1990s about that, they would talk about the, the prevailing winds through there and the metal being so light, weight that it, was, it would stir in the wind. And, and a couple of them said, you know, you really shouldn't be looking here. You should be looking in West Texas now uh, because the stuff would have blown off, off the debris field uh, and into Texas by, by this time. But there's this possibility. I know that one of the things you do, archaeologically speaking, is you try to find plants that are, in this case now, 65 years old, to, to look at the roots around them to see if things been embedded in there. You we'll have to look more murals. at the plants and the soil and all this other stuff at Roswell. We have Kevin Randall with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com the worst drought in 50 years continues, and the first six months of 2012 marks the hottest half year on record. 78% of the Midwest Corn Belt is in drought conditions. Not only corn, but soy, alfalfa, fruits, vegetables, and wheat are all impacted, raising prices. The cost to feed livestock is forcing farmers and ranchers out of business, blowing up your food prices. The only strategy to counter this is to freeze your food cost at today's prices by getting your own supply of foods from eFoods Direct now. As the price of raw ingredients increases, eFoods will have to raise prices too. Now is the time to get your supply. I recently increased my supply from eFoods Direct because we have all known this was coming. You know about their delicious long-term storable foods. The fact is you can eat at any time to save money today. And because it stores for 25 years, you're locking in today's prices and avoiding the rising food cost. Don't wait. Call 800-409-5633 or go to eFoodsDirect.com forward slash Alex. Call 800-409-5633 or eFoodsDirect.com forward slash Alex. You can bet your life on eFoods Direct. My name's Bruno. I'm 52 years old. I've tried different protein powders over the years, and they've all tasted pretty bad. I tried One World Whey and found it to be delicious. After 10 weeks on One World Whey, my wife commented, you have more muscles and you're leaner than when you were 20 years old. My body has changed dramatically. I'm a cyclist. Normally, I'll ride two days on and take two days off. After being on One World Whey, 
I rode 10 days in a row in over 100 degree heat, and then I'd take another two servings of One World Away, and then work out at the gym for another hour and a half. I just couldn't believe these results. My normal muscle tightness and soreness after working out are virtually gone. Don't take my word for it. One World Way comes in single servings. Just give it a try. For a health and taste sensation you'll love, call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit oneworldway.com. That's oneworldway.com. We've all heard the phrase, don't judge a book by its cover. A wise saying for sure. Now apply that wisdom to nutrition. Don't judge milk by the animal. Camel Milk, the best kept health secret ever. See for yourself at CamelMilkForSale.com and look for the Summer Camel Milk Special. Loaded with health benefits far superior to other milk, Camel Milk has antibacterial, antiviral, and anti-tumor properties, is rich in B vitamins, and is three times higher in vitamin C than cow's milk, ten times higher in iron. Plus, it contains 52 units of insulin-like proteins per liter, effectively lowering blood sugar levels. Many of our members testified that drinking Camel Milk reversed diabetes and greatly improved autism. Camel Milk comes fresh or frozen from your trusted local family farm, shipped on dry ice to preserve freshness. Go to CamelMilkForSale.com now and look under products and pricing for the summer special with free bonus pints. That's CamelMilkForSale.com. This is Leslie Kane, and I'm with the Coalition for Freedom of Information, and you are listening to the Paracast. Back with Kevin Randall, we're focusing for a bit more on Roswell, and you were talking about the things you do at the site, check the plants, check the roots, check the soil. And check the rodent burrows, because, you know, pack rats take shiny objects down into their burrows, so, you know, you look for that sort of thing. Uh, But, you know, the odds of finding something at this late date are pretty remote. I mean, we're 65 years later, so... So is at this point... Is it just reviewing and re-reviewing the current evidence and hoping we get some more information? I'm going back to your Roswell Dream Team. And tell our listeners who haven't tuned in lately about this, who is part of this team? We call the Dream Team, you don't. So let's leave it at that, too. (laughs) Well, the the idea was to re-examine the Roswell case as a cold case, look at everything and be, begin at the beginning and see what we could, we could turn up. And, and just the other day, Frank Joyce, who was a radio announcer in Roswell in 1947, when this broke, he talked to Mac Brazel, the guy that discovered it, and he had saved some teletype messages from that, from that era. He, did, he didn't save the, the, all of them, but he saved, managed to save some of them. And one of them talked about, is this the same ranch where there's a big hullabaloo last week? And we've always wondered about that. What is that talking about? Well, in the last week, we've been able to identify that that apparently is a case that was published in the Albuquerque Journal on June 30th, so it has nothing to do with Roswell, June 30th, and it was from Little Tiny Cliff, New Mexico, which is down in the southwestern corner of New Mexico, near Lordsburg, that area. Uh, so we've been able to identify the ranch where the big hollow blue was last week. So by looking at all the material as a cold case, reviewing the transcripts of the interviews with people uh, and looking at all of this, we've been able to identify some things that, that help us understand the case a little bit better. But what this was is Tom Carey, who wrote uh, Witness to Roswell, approached me and said he wanted to 
take the ultimate look at the Roswell case. He wanted to re-examine the evidence and, and produce what he thought of as the ultimate book. And he wanted to know if I would like to participate in that. And I said, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. And then he uh, asked Don Schmidt to be involved. And we invited uh, Tony Braglia to participate because he'd, he'd, he'd been very helpful in finding witnesses and providing some additional information. We uh, talked to uh, David Rudiak, Dr. Rudiak, because he had been doing an awful lot of work on the Ramey memo. This is the photograph of Ramey in his office on July 8th with the debris on the floor, the, the weather balloon debris on the floor, but he's holding a document in his hand. And blow-ups of that show that you can read parts of it. So he's been attempting to read exactly what that memo says for any number of years and coming to some conclusions about what that said. And we thought that would be important to have. And then we, we asked Chris Rakowski to join us as sort of our resident skeptic on this. So we'd run stuff by him and say, you know, what do you, what do you think of this? Or what, as, as a resident skeptic, what would you like us to produce in the way of evidence? So we're, we're trying to look at all of that. And the thing that has astonished me in the last couple of weeks is the, the documentation we've been able to find uh, that relates to it. Part of it is like the teletype messages that uh, Frank Joyce had. And there's an FBI, couple of FBI documents that are relevant. We found some other stuff that is kind of interesting. So we've, we've been able to assemble some documentation, limited though it is. Um, and, and so we're, 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 we're approaching this as a cold case and attempting to... Uh, review everything to see what might appear in there that would be that, that somebody else might have found or we might have overlooked as we were, were dealing with all this information that might might give us a, a better clue and provide us with some information. Kind of like you don't want to have tunnel vision here. You're trying to look back at the evidence as a totality and see where you're going and where you can go. Yes, yes. Look at look at everything. I mean, cause there's a lot of stuff going on. You've got John Keel's balloon bomb nonsense that came out in the early 1990s, where he thought that what they found was the remains of a Japanese balloon bomb. Well, given what we know about that, yeah, probably not, because it would have had to lay around in the desert for two years, and, and the location where this debris was found was a, a place that they visited every other day at, at, at a minimum. Uh, they, were there, they were there frequently, given the, the way the ranch worked and where the water sources were. So a balloon bomb doesn't make any sense in that respect. But look at all of this stuff. Look at, we tried to find, if notums, notices to airmen that are published daily by the, at the time we were in the CAA, now the FAA, about, about things that are relevant to uh, pilots flying in and out of airports. It might be something as dumb as runway such and such will be closed for two weeks for repairs, or uh, the trees at the end of the runway are now an obstruction type of thing, you know, things that you need to say. Project Mogul was required to make notums because they thought these big, long uh, arrays of balloons would uh, be a hazard to aerial navigation. So they were required to turn the information into the FAA. So we spent a lot of time looking for notums to see if we could find a notum that A, would tell us how they described the balloons themselves, and B, give us some more information on the flights uh, that would help us understand whether or not Mogul could be an explanation for the Roswell case. So we were looking, we're trying to look at all of that sort of thing. Uh, we found, we talked to a lot of people who hadn't been interviewed before. Surprisingly, uh, most of them that we're finding in, in today's environment are telling us, well, I wasn't directly involved. You know, my friends, uh, they came back uh, to the barracks one night and they were kind of talking about this. Uh, talked to an MP 
who said that his he wasn't involved, but his friends had come back and were talking about this flying saucer, and he didn't believe them until he saw the thing in the newspaper the next day. So it gives us an idea of when when they were out there. Uh, you know, it kind of frames the time for us. Uh, we we can look at all of that sort of thing and see what see what we can learn. Now, looking at the overall picture, how long do you think it's going to take to go through all this evidence? We've been working on it since uh, last summer, and we're still working on it. <laughs> So I, what I find is we're, we're, we're beginning a process of, of, of writing some of this stuff down, and in that process, it's helping us to, to, to visualize it a little bit better. It's, it's helping us organize the material better. So we, we can look at a specific problem and then begin to pull the sources together for that particular problem and review all of the stuff. So I was, you know, I was rereading the, the uh, transcripts that uh, – uh, Sheridan Cavett had gave not only to Colonel Weaver when he in- interviewed him, but the stuff, the, in- the transcripts that I have of the interviews that Don Schmidt and I had with uh, with Cavett at the same time, and and we can, you know, we find we find Cavett just lied to us all the time. He and Weaver clearly sat down and discussed how they were going to um, work through the interview because there's points where you, there's the next logical question that's never asked, and one of the points is. Um, uh, Weaver, Weaver asked him about the balloons, and Cavett says, I recognize it as a balloon the moment I saw it. The next logical question should have been, well, did you mention that to Jesse Marcel, who's on the field with you? But the next, the next question is something else. They just, they just gloss over the fact that Cavett, who apparently recognized it immediately as a balloon, didn't bother to tell uh, Marcel and didn't bother to tell Blanchard uh, what it was. Yeah, that doesn't make much sense. Well, all you got to do is read Weaver's interview with him, and 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 so clearly they're they're they were working from a script. We've been trying. I've been trying since the mid 1990s when the Air Force came out with their ludicrous uh, explanations for Roswell through FOIA to get uh, documentation about how all of this transpired. And I have had no luck in doing it. The best we've done is we were able to get see. I was able to go through the documents that they had sent to the National Archives that were the consequence of their investigations that include such things as a, a, uh, a court-martial of a doctor who was having an affair with a nurse in 1957. And, and they weren't very clever about what they were doing. They would take his car one day and go to a, or one weekend and go to a hotel in, in El Paso, and the next week they would go to the same hotel in El Paso using her car. So you could link them together that way. And there were three, three alleged pornographic pictures in the file and it was basically, uh, you know, you see, you see much better pictures in, in Penthouse and Playboy in today's environment. But, but this document was irrelevant. That's one of the things that they gathered in their Roswell investigation was this, this uh, affair from 1957. <laughs> that doesn't make much sense either. And you get a lot of irrelevant stuff and you try to get the relevant stuff. I'm going to ask in our next segment, Kevin, before we move to other subjects, just what form you expect to present your findings. We have Kevin D. Randall joining Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. 
Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. Let's keep preparedness simple. Do you need stuff for disasters? Of course you do. For over 15 years, DisasterStuff.com has, well, stuff for disasters. See? Easy to remember. DisasterStuff.com. Want free shipping on a new Berkey water filter? DisasterStuff.com is the official Berkey in-stock shipping center. Lots of folks want an EMP Faraday bag to protect sensitive electronics during a solar or nuclear event. Now for a limited time, all survival gear purchases over $75 include a free 8x8-inch EMP Faraday bag. Just enter promo code EMP bag when you check out at DisasterStuff.com. We're also a country living grain mill authorized dealer. Plus, we offer freeze-dried foods by Alpine Air and Wise Foods. We also carry emergency kits, survival seeds, and much more. Preparedness should be simple, and it is. Just remember, DisasterStuff.com. Freedom through self-reliance and personal responsibility. Healthy soils grow healthy plants. So before you plant your survival garden this year, is your soil healthy? Maximize your crisis garden soil with EM1 from Terraganics. EM1 organic soil conditioner, fertilizer amendment, and compost accelerant provides healthier gardens and faster, efficient garden composting. EM1 from Terraganics.com quickly improves soil structure by increasing nutrient availability and converting organic matter into soil humus. This improves seed germination and root growth, improves plant quality, size, color, flavor, nutrient value of fruits and vegetables and improves shelf life. And when rain is not in the forecast, no worries. EM1 improves moisture retention in soils, helping reduce drought stress. Just like you prepare all else, prepare your crisis garden for maximum yields with EM1 from Terraganics.com. Order now at T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Terraganics, life's getting better. Would it save you time to get the best quality water filters and the best quality storable foods from one company? You bet it would, and now you can at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. Big Berkey water filter products and great-tasting, long-lasting, storable, wise foods are both now available on one website, BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. Wise foods, ready-to-eat meals are packed in airtight nitrogen pouches and come with a 25-year shelf life. Big Berkey water filters are powerful enough to purify treated, untreated, or even stagnant pond water. Combine Berkey water filters with wise foods for an unbeatable preparedness combination. 
Get free shipping on every order over $50. And GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit Big B-E-R-K-E-Y waterfilters.com or call 877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Or go to BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. This is Kurt Seven, the author of UFO Mysteries, and you're listening to the Paracast. Kevin Randall's joining us once again. The show is the Paracast with Gene Steinberg and Chris O'Brien. And Kevin's blog is a different perspective at kevinrandall.blogspot.com. We'll have a link over at theparacast.com. Okay, so whenever it happens, and obviously you're immersed in a lot of work here, how do you intend to present your findings? Are you going to write a book about it or write a report? We're hoping, we're, yeah, we're hoping to do a book that will be heavily footnoted so that all the information that we present, others, others can see where it came from, how we, how we divine this information, where, where it came from. And I know uh, in the past, some of the, some of the footnotes in UFO books and some of them in mine have been somewhat circular meaning it, it, it just really doesn't go anywhere, and we're hoping to alleviate that by, by making it very clear how the information was gathered and why we think this isn't true and how we've, how we've attempted to corroborate it uh, and, and that sort of thing. So we're hoping to publish our findings when we, when we get to that point uh, and, and look at all aspects of the Roswell case from not only uh, the information we got from Bill Brazel, the, the son of the man who found it, up through the MJ-12 documents and how they may or may not be relevant to Roswell. And, and the other thing, which we probably will not cover, is the alien autopsy, which was this, the thing that came out in the mid-1970s, which I think practically everybody involved in it has now said it was a hoax. Yeah. And so I, I think that that, and it's really not about Roswell anyway, because the bodies were supposedly picked up in somewhere else in New Mexico and all sorts of things. So I'm thinking that's probably not something we're going to uh, discuss. Well, Kevin, that, that kind of leads to a question from one of our forum posters, uh, Blowfish, who's been a, a longtime poster on the forums. And he has a number of questions for you, but one that uh, deals specifically <laughs> with Roswell. Is it possible or plausible, rather, that Roswell or any other so-called UFO crashes were man-made covert technology rather than something E.T.? For example, early development in satellites, drones, anti-craft decoy devices, etc., that type of technology uh, during the Cold War years? We looked into that deeply. Uh, spent, some, spent a lot of time at White Sands, New Mexico, for example, to find out what, what they were doing. None of, none of their... Things when it went well, they, they did go astray, but they're all accounted for in the records. There's there's nothing that's missing from the records that would suggest anything like that. Went to the um, space museum in Alamogordo uh, and and looked through their records as well, and and found out that in 19, in July of 1947, about the biggest things they were sending up in rockets were mice, uh, and these these were rockets that. Uh, really just touched the edge of space, space, nothing that had gone into orbit or anything like that. So we looked into, we looked into the technologies of, of what it could be. The Air Force, in, in their uh, investigation, said they had looked for any experimental aircraft or anything like that that might account for this, and had they found anything, you know they would have trotted it out immediately. And they said, no, they couldn't find anything like that either. I think that any technology that we might have developed 
1947 that would have been uh, might have fooled people in 1947 is something that's now 65 years old and way in the past, and we would be well aware of it. We'd be able to find traces of it, but we haven't found anything anything that suggests it's man-made technology at all. Um, the only the only thing left is the Project Mogul balloons, and I think that that a uh, people don't have to. Or people have to understand that the mogul balloons were basically weather balloons. Nothing extraordinary about them. The targets were radar targets that had been used in World War II. Nothing extraordinary, extraordinary about them. Stuff that that Marcel would have recognized immediately if, when he'd saw it, and he wouldn't have been fooled by it, and that would have been the end of it. So we, we've looked at, and we're continuing to search for anything like that that might suggest an Earth-based technology, and we just haven't found anything that that is very persuasive. I have heard, you know, some rumors of Werner von Braun, uh, for instance, uh, interested in the Roswell case back uh, when it occurred, and uh, that wasn't he somehow involved with what was going on down at White Sands during that time period? Yeah, the the V two stuff was going on at White Sands at the time. Right. Well, wasn't it the disc? Was uh, the Defense Industrial Security uh, Council or committee or something? Weren't they based there? There was any number of different things things there. I just we just can't find any connection between that and what fell at Roswell. Anything going on at, at White Sands? Uh, Frank Kaufman had um, said that he had mentioned it to von Braun in I think the 1960s. I think it was, and we were able to actually put Kaufman and von Braun in the same room in uh, an event that took place in Roswell. So Kaufman could have talked to him, but. But we we since learned that Kaufman was making up most of what he was telling us, so that becomes an irrelevant con- connection. But there it was a connection between. We know that uh, von Braun was was in Roswell at the dedication of one of the museums there, and there's a what's called a congressional recognition um, that that describes this whole thing. I've got a copy of it in in, in my files. Uh, describes that. So von Braun was in Roswell in the 1960s, but I think by that point, nobody was talking about the UFO crash, so it really has no relevance to it. Well, that kind of leads me to a, a question that was just posted by Marduk, who's one of our longtime posters as well, and he said, just one question, and it's a bit uh, rhetorical, but why do researchers in the field continually overfocus on cases that are ancient history, such as Roswell, Aztec, Travis Walton, etc., instead of the newer cases coming out today? Is it because the new cases are not as interesting as the abductee slash contactee era, or is it a human failing that we become more interested in the personalities and soap opera stories than the evolving phenomena as it exists today? And he gives an example that there were almost a thousand sightings, sightings reported in Canada last year, slightly up from the year before. And he, he asked, were they all just boring, or are we just fascinated with the political machinations of people on Earth that call themselves UFO researchers? Well, that kind of puts me down, doesn't it? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, well, well, you're but, also in good company. It puts Chris and myself down. Yeah. Uh, Where do we go? I think, well, I think one of the problems is a lot of the sightings are just lights in the sky. And when you get down to the bottom line, it's lights in the sky. And somebody seeing another light in the sky isn't going to advance our knowledge very much. Uh, so, so in that respect, they're not very interesting. A lot of them aren't very interesting. Well, unless you have a what triangulated is, high-res camera array that's yes, uh, yeah, gaining yeah. data. And then, yeah, and then you've got something extremely interesting. Or you've got something that's landed and left traces behind, some, some different uh, change of evidence, if you will. 
the reason the, the Roswell case is so fascinating, I believe, is because this, is, this, this case changed the whole perspective of UFO research. If it had not crashed in Roswell, where the military could control the media, there were four media outlets, the um, two newspapers, the two radio stations, and the place is still sort of isolated. On, if you look, look at it on the maps, it's three hours from El Paso, three hours from Lubbock, uh, three and a half hours from Albuquerque. So it's not exactly a hub of, of commerce, which they'll, if the Chamber of Commerce heard me, it'd probably send me a nasty letter. I mean, it's a beautiful town. But but in 1947, it just it was really out of the way, and the the Air Force, the Army Air Force, could control access to the information. Had had it happened today, they couldn't control the the um, access to the information. But what's what's critical is uh, on July 8th, we've got the the uh, newspaper article that says they find the flying saucer. The next day, you begin to get newspaper articles that says the Army and Navy moved today to stop stories of flying saucers whizzing through the atmosphere. Why suddenly does the Army and Navy on July 9th care about these stories? They've been going on for two weeks. Nobody cared about them. You know, it was interesting. It was a silly season. Let's talk about them. All kinds of explanations going on. But suddenly on the 9th, they want to stop the stories, stop the talk about it. And and I think because of Roswell, it changed the direction of research. Had it not happened then, we would have had a completely different direction for UFO research, and we might not be having this discussion. So, so Roswell was a linchpin. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And 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 it, but it's got the multiple chains of evidence. If you can get to them, you've got the eyewitness testimony. You've got the possibility of the the, the metallic debris. You've got the um, alien bodies. You've got all the elements there to prove that. UFOs are extraterrestrial if the evidence can be followed properly and we can get to the right answer. Hmm, that's, and, and, that's... And, and, stories, and stories of the lights in the sky don't get us to the extraterrestrial. They get us to, well, that was an in- interesting sighting. In fact, just last night here at home, they had a, uh, a story about UFOs being filmed in, uh, in, in, uh, you know, over one of the towns. And I'm thinking it looks like flares on weather balloons because I've seen an awful lot of that video, that kind of video footage lately. Oh yeah, but it's but, almost uh, nightly. But but the, but there again, it's you know lights in the night sky, and is that going to get us to an answer? No, it's a nocturnal light, and it and it's interesting for the people that saw it. it. Might be scary for the people that saw it, but it doesn't advance our knowledge, unless it does something really interesting, like the balloon blows up, and then you can say, well, we've solved that case. Well, you brought up the term extraterrestrial, and that leads to another question from a, a fairly recent uh, addition to the Paracast Forum family. I'll tell you what, uh, Chris, that question will be asked in just a moment. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, Ted Anderson announcing a great way to listen to radio on the telephone. By calling 760-569-7700, you'll be hearing GCNlive.com programs in seconds. Come to GCNlive.com, find your favorite host's dedicated phone number, and hear them 24-7. You heard me right. Every show has a dedicated phone number. Stop by GCNlive.com and bookmark their number today. And again, that's 760-569-7700. 
We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, then carting to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Clear out your pantry and make room in your closets. You're going to need the space for these hot August deals at BePrepared.com. Going on now, save 23% on Provident Pantry Scrambled Egg Mix or 28% on freeze-dried strawberry slices. New this month, baking cocoa for daily use or long-term storage. Buy one of the Provident Pantry baking or dessert combos and save up to $25 off individual component pricing. Or add some weight to your water storage at BePrepared.com. The ultimate 55-gallon water barrel combo is on sale this month for only $94.99. Food and water storage is great, but how are you going to cook it in an emergency? The popular Volcano 2 collapsible stove. Save $27.96 off MSRP. Go to BePrepared.com for more details and more August savings now through August 31st. Call 800-999-1863 to experience exceptional customer service and BePrepared.com's low price guarantee. That's 800-999-1863. The choice is clear. Be unprepared or BePrepared.com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We have Kevin D. Randall. He's now answering your questions, which are posted at forum.theparacast.com. The way it works is you go in there and we'll open a topic or thread. When we have a new guest booked and you just post your question there, we're working on ideas to add audio to that, but not right now. We will in the near future. Chris, you have a question from another one of our listeners for Kevin. I do indeed. I don't, you know, present company excluded, I hope here. Um, In light of evidence, testimony, and hypothesis pointing towards the propagation of the UFO ETH meme as being a big U.S. intelligence smoke and mirrors disinfo commie spy bait game, that was a mouthful, are most Kool-Aid drinking ufologist too scared to admit being Patsy, Stooges, and Psy-Up Fall Guys. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Where do they come well, up with this stuff? Yeah, that's, uh, that's somebody that's really, really self-involved, aren't they? <laughs> I can use lots of big words in my questions. Yeah, um, well, I mean, and, and he, he does somebody, have a point, some, though. But it's also somebody who clearly is not aware of the evidence and rejects everything. You know, we could turn it around and say the same thing about the debunkers. They just won't look at any evidence at all. They know that there is no alien visitation. Therefore, anything that suggests otherwise has got to be a lie or a hoax or a mis- misidentification. No, I don't think it's a big government intelligence-driven disinformation campaign because there's no point to it. If there's nothing to UFOs, there's no point to this big intelligence campaign to convince us there's UFOs. Now, I want to ask you a question because you raised that. James Carrion, who was a former international director of MUFON, he's saying that some of the things that happened in the late 40s and early 50s, it was all designed to spook the Russians. Yes, he does say that. (laughs) And it's not to say that there aren't disinformation campaigns. But to suggest that, you know, that Roswell is a disinformation campaign to spook the Russians doesn't work because a day after Roswell 
uh, took place, you've got the government saying, well, here's what it is. It's, uh, it's weather balloons. And so in theory, that should have killed it. Yeah, that, and, and it and actually did kill the story for a long time until Jesse Marcel started talking about it. But, but how does that spook the Russians or the Soviets, if you want to be technically correct about that? Unless you assume they're very stupid, and I have to think their intelligence people were pretty smart. Are, were there disinformation campaigns? Absolutely. But they had they usually had a very narrow focus. It wasn't something like this. I mean, it's it's kind of like it's kind of like uh, going back to Annie Jacobson's um, Area 51 stuff. That uh, uh, this was this was something to scare. It, it was something designed to scare the United States by putting uh, mutant teenagers into craft and crashing it in New Mexico to scare them. It was uh, something that Mengele and Stalin worked up together. Yeah, it's a preposterous idea. And 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 not to mention the fact it didn't work. Nick Redfern's uh, body snatches in the desert. A different, a different take on the Roswell case. Um, I have seen nothing to suggest it, it's it's true, and I don't want to say any mean things about Nick Redfern because I consider him a friend. Uh, but his book was—I don't think his book was well documented. I don't think I don't think he got got it to the point it needed to get to to um, uh, prove his case. The, the, the evidence was was very thin. Let's move on with the questions, Chris. Okay, uh, this is a good one. This is from uh, Apocalypto, who's uh, one of our longest-running uh, posters. Uh, He's still running, by the way. He'll get to the end of the track next year. Yeah. Hello, Gene, Chris, and Kevin. Thanks for the great shows. Kevin, CalCorp's YouTube channel has no less than 24 videos containing the title Scandals of Kevin Randall. In most other subject areas, that type of obsessive-compulsive behavior would probably get a lot of attention. But in the field of ufology, intelligent people have learned to begrudgingly accept the notion that mentally ill people are constantly demanding attention like blowhard montebanks. I'm not sure what that even means. My question is simple. Why are so many people with mental health problems associated with the subject of UFOs? Good well, I'm question. not sure that I'm not sure that you can go from Cal Corf to many people in the UFO field or <laughs> mentally ill. I'll tell Cal you what Corf- Cal Corf has been after a number of people. He did a little towards me. He oh, did yeah, worse right, yes. against David our original Vietnam. co-host of the Paracast, but it looks yeah. like you are really targeted, man. I think I think the problem with Cal Corf is uh, I got an email from him. Um, not long after I returned from, oh no, I know what it was. Uh, he went, he was on another radio program. I won't mention the name, uh, telling the host that, that, uh, he had heard that my exploits in Iraq were not nearly the Rambo-esque type exploits that I had been making them out to be. And I'm thinking, what have I ever said in the, in, in, within hearing of CalCorp to suggest anything like that? And, and it, it just struck me that he's, he's running down my service in Iraq uh, while he's masquerading as a captain in some invented military organization, um, and and I think I think that my response to him was well, just just set him off. You know, he he said that my service was uh, it was just the army. Uh, uh, you know, had to had had to pull people in from everywhere to to fill their fill their uh, uh, slots. And I and I pointed out, you know, that's the purpose of the National Guard. You know, uh, we're, we train for the mission, and when when we have the expertise, we are called to active duty to to uh, to serve, and that's exactly what they did. You know, well, duh, you're exactly right. And he just became a, just became incensed that I would say that, and I wouldn't respond to his emails t- uh, to me because uh, they were just just so nasty. I mean, they were threatening, 
if you don't do this, I'm going to sue you. And I'm thinking, sue away, pal. Have fun. But we were going to do a four-hour, uh, a host of another radio program had a four-hour block of instruction. What he wanted to do is have me on for an hour, Cal Korf on for an hour, and then the, both of us on for two hours, and we would take questions from the audience and sort of debate the reality of the Roswell case. My wife said to me repeatedly, what are you guys going to do for four hours when Korf doesn't show up? And like two hours before the show, he posts this, he posts this video on YouTube saying that he's now involved in some terrorist, anti-terrorist activity and he can't possibly make the show. And so we had four hours to fill. And fortunately, the host, I, well, he, the host and I only had to fill two hours and he let me go. And then he had, he made some calls and got some other guests on the program. But Korf is, uh, Korf is a lunatic. I, I really enjoy the blog, Cal Korf is an idiot. Which, uh, oh, by the way, folks, out. what's going to happen now is we're going to see something posted by that gentleman. I, and it's going to be not just against you. It's going to be how the PowerCast ripped him apart, ripped him a new one. <laughs> Chris and I are now targeted. Oh, great. I, no, I, don't, I don't think that's going to happen because uh, there's a CalCorp website. I think it's called freecurtis.org or something, which lays out all of his claims and how they've evolved and changed over the years, and, 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 and that sort of thing. And Cal Korf is an idiot. <laughs> the Cal Korf is an idiot blog it also does that, and, and he's, been, he's moved out of the UFO re- arena. He's moved beyond being a military expert on terrorism and being an internationally renowned journalist. He's now faded from the, from the landscape. And so uh, I have no fear in saying that Cal Korf is an idiot, and if he would like to sue me, that he certainly could do so if he had two cents to hire an attorney. Yeah. Unless well, he finds an attorney, question. an ambulance chaser, who will take his 40% of nothing, Chris. It, it does beg the question, though, that this, this field does have a tendency to attract to it. And, and, and they don't stick, obviously. But, but a lot of uh, people that are tweaky uh, seem to be attracted to the field. And if you're a young person, let's say, that's that's getting involved in studying uh, this very fascinating subject and and you stumble on some of these people not knowing their background or not having the the powers of discernment maybe that uh, some of uh, the more longtime uh, uh, investigators and people following the field would have uh, it, it, it can actually you know create uh, some sort of momentum for their particular view to be uh, to become more popular or for them to get some notoriety. What, what would you suggest for people that are just getting into the field, some of our new-time listeners on the Paracast, for instance? How, what would you suggest to them to, uh, to help them separate the signal from the noise and the wheat from the chafe, uh, so to speak? Well, I would always say just buy my books, and <laughs> that'll do it right there. Uh, failing that... Well, wait a minute. Uh, they can buy my books, too. Right, but yes, I don't have could. any books about the subject of UFOs, so they can't buy my books. They could buy some of my old technology books, but what well, that's I'm not, We're do. not interested in that. Forget oh, of course, book. nobody's interested in that. We have Kevin Randall. We're interested in what he has to say. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive PowerCast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items. And entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, 
the Paracast Jumbo Tote Bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. If you go to store.theparacast.com, stop by and take a shopping tour. My name is Leslie, and I've had depression since I was a child. After being on Prozac for 20 years, I got onto the One World Way, and my need for Prozac was reduced by 50% within a few months. Now, after less than one year, I am completely off of Prozac. I learned that mercury is a toxin that causes brain damage and depression. By taking One World Way, I know that I've detoxified my brain of mercury and excess glutamate, and I'm now functioning with this dramatic improvement in my mood. The power to change your life lies, in part, in the power you have to change your body's chemistry. Through diet and supplementation, you have the power to change your body's chemistry to support dramatic improvements in health and happiness. Nature has been, and always will be, mankind's first and only pharmacy to choose from. Change your chemistry and change your life with One World Way. Call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit oneworldway.com that's oneworld w-h-e-y.com if you owe the irs you can't make the problem go away without professional help but with the help of dan pilla you can get your problem solved hi i'm dan pilla and i've been solving tax debt problems for 30 years and i can help you too we can stabilize irs collection action and get your tax debt reduced sometimes completely eliminated And if you received a 1099 from a bank because of mortgage or other debt forgiveness, the vast majority of the time, I can show you how to completely erase it so you pay no taxes on what the IRS will consider to be taxable income. Call us for a free consultation to discuss the many possibilities. Call 1-800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-N-O-T-A-X. Or go to my website at taxhelponline.com. Dan Pilla has been protecting taxpayers from the IRS for three decades, and he can help you. Call us today, 800-346-6829. That's 800-34-NO-TAX. Clear out your pantry and make room in your closets. You're going to need the space for these hot August deals at BePrepared.com. Going on now, save 23% on Provident Pantry Scrambled Egg Mix or 28% on freeze-dried strawberry slices. New this month, baking cocoa for daily use or long-term storage. Buy one of the Provident Pantry baking or dessert combos and save up to $25 off individual component pricing. Or add some weight to your water storage at BePrepared.com. The ultimate 55-gallon water barrel combo is on sale this month for only $94.99. Food and water storage is great, but how are you going to cook it in an emergency? The popular Volcano 2 collapsible stove. Save $27.96 off MSRP. Go to BePrepared.com for more details and more August savings now through August 31st. Call 800-999-1863 to experience exceptional customer service and BePrepared.com's low price guarantee. That's 800-999-1863. The choice is clear. Be unprepared or BePrepared.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. 
And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Kevin Randall is helping guide new UFO researchers to watch out for the chaff on the Paracast with Gene and Chris, right? You know, there's so much. There's so much stuff out there. I, I said to my wife just the other day, isn't the Internet a wonderful tool because I needed to look something up and I got the information in like 30 seconds. But the other side of that coin is there's so much out there and anybody can put anything on the Internet that they desire. The, what you have to do is, is proper research. Learn how to do proper research. If you look up, and, and it really doesn't matter what aspect of UFOs you want to look up, you can find the fringe uh, out there about any aspect of it, and you've got you've got to kind of move away from that. But you've got you've, you've got to move away from one viewpoint. I guess is what I'm trying to say. If you find something that that fascinates you, look for as much of that stuff as you can find, and then internally analyze what you're reading to see what makes sense to you. And if something doesn't make sense, then look for other other explanations for. It. One of the things that I, I think about with that is these out of place artifacts, which I think Ivan T. Sanderson called oops, out-of-place things, you know, archaeological finds that were not where they were supposed to be, uh, nails found in, in uh, uh, solid rock, for example, suggesting the nails had been manufactured millions of years ago. And, and the one that, that really springs to mind is this little uh, metal vessel that was supposedly blown out of a, a rock quarry in 18, the 1800s, middle of 1800s in Massachusetts. The idea was that the, the thing would, had been manufactured many, many years ago. And it, it's reported in a number of, of UFO books, and I think they all took it from the, from the same source, meaning one guy wrote about it and every, everybody looked at it. I finally went back and looked at the 1852 uh, Scientific American, which is kind of fun because I found it online. I typed in Scientific American, June 1950, 1852, and it, and it came up. Uh, and so I could read the whole thing, but I'd, al- I'd already been down to the University of Iowa and looked at the Bound Periodical, so I'd actually held the 1852 Scientific American. And you look at it, and it, and it talks about tuba cane. And you're thinking, tuba cane, what the hell is that? And then if you look at it, it looks like the L in the linotype machine was slightly out of line. So the L, look, which looks like an artifact of the microfilming process, is in the, in the margin, and it becomes tubal cane. And suddenly you realize that tubal cane is a, is a biblical reference. And so you're wondering what all of that is about. But what the, but the point is, you've got this, this oddity that's reported in Scientific American from 1852, and if you get the entire article, then it takes you to Tubal Kane, and it actually and it mentions some other scientist whose name escapes me at the moment, who turned out to be a famous scientist of the time that should have looked at it. But you get the, the, all the information about it rather than what the one source told you. So the point simply is this. If you find something that is very interesting, don't accept that as the truth without verifying it through other sources and, and try to find the original source for the material. So you're not, you're not getting it as, it as it has been related from, from a number of other people to their perspectives. Yeah, that's good advice. Yeah, research uh, is, is a, uh, it's not as, uh, people think with the internet that, um, that research is easy. It actually, in some sense of the word, as you pointed out, makes it more difficult because you really do need to double, triple, and even quadruple check some of the facts that, that are out there. I've uh, run into this problem researching uh, a couple of things just recently here about, uh, for instance, the underground city in the Grand Canyon would be an example of there's a lot of disinformation out there concerning that particular subject. Um, we, I've, we have, I've, been to that, I've been to that city, too. Really? Oh, yeah. They have a nice uh, subway. 
Like a maglev train, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I went. I meant the sandwich shop. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, we have some other other questions. Uh, Blowfish uh, had a number of them. Uh, his first question to you was: Do you think the U.S. and its allies might have cracked the anti-gravity technology uh, going on the theories of uh, of Nick Cook in his book? I think he's referring to uh, Hunt for Zero Point. Of course, Nick Cook was the chief aerospace uh, investigator for Jane's Defense Weekly. I've actually worked with Nick on a on a documentary project years ago. Do you think that we're we're uh, where do you think the state of the art is right now with anti grav technology? Do you think that we've cracked that egg? I, I don't think we've cracked it. I don't think we've cracked it. I think we're far from it. And, and it's kind of like the same thing with interstellar technology. I don't think we we figured that out. Could we send a probe to another planet? Well, we've launched a couple of them. Of course, it's going to take like seventy thousand years to get there, but that's a whole other argument. I don't think we I don't think we've we've uh, cracked it. I think we're we're researching it. We're trying to find out more about it. And we may have made some inroads, but I don't think we figured it out. I have another question which involves uh, your very first investigation um, as a UFO investigator. This comes from Sentry, uh, who's uh, another one of our our you know tried and true posters. Uh, he comes up with a very good question. In your book, Reflections of a UFO Investigator, Kevin tells about one of his earliest investigations back in 1968. Into the Carol Wayne Watts case, right. The Watts case is interesting because it was among the earliest abduction claims of medical examination by gray aliens. And it is further unique in that it was investigated by Project Blue Book. And uh, he's saying that uh, you should give a little summation of this case for our first-time listeners. After Watts failed a lie detector test, he said that the story was a hoax crafted by a chubby artist from Amarillo who also provided some UFO photos to support the story. The artist taught him the story under hypnosis with the help of two hypnotists from San Antonio. The other three men didn't seem to have ever been publicly named. Kevin, were these men ever found? And was this an elaborate UFO conspiracy to produce a hoax? It, it wasn't a, an elaborate conspiracy to p- produce a hoax, but I think it was a hoax. As I tried to make, make it clear in the book, uh, I went out to see Watts. I, think I was 18 years old at the time, and I'd been in the Army for under a year. And I had not. Been, I happened to be stationed close to where Watts was living, so I drove up there to to chat with him. And he sat down and talked with me. And I have a had a transcript, and I published it in the book. Uh, Watts said that he'd seen UFOs on a number of occasions. They came close. They told him uh, if he wanted to take a ride, he had to submit to an examination, and he didn't want to do that. And eventually, he did. And uh, he goes for a ride on this UFO and, bring, and comes back, and then the Air Force gets involved in it, and he's given a lie detector test. He fails. He says he was waylaid on the way to the lie detector test by a number of guys who told him he'd better fail it or else. I'm not sure that that's feasible, but that's what he said. But the thing that struck me as I was going through this to produce the, produce the book was that his description of the interior of the craft certainly didn't make any sense. I mean, it, talking about charts being stacked around and desks with pens and papers on it. and Sounds like a 1950s sort of space opera TV show. And pre- precisely. And I'm thinking in today's environment, if I came from Mars, and they supposedly came from Mars, and I wanted to, to uh, explore the Earth, I'd have much better resource than, than the paper maps. I'd have Google Earth, for, for example. And even though Google Earth didn't exist in 1968, if I've got the spacecraft, I can map the planet myself pretty easily without having to worry about that. Uh, that te- His technology, it, it, there was nothing advanced in the technology. The uh, equipment that the aliens were using was uh, standard Earth-based technology of the time. It just, it just didn't make any sense. 
Um, I'm not sure how big of a conspiracy it was. I'm not sure whether Watts made the story up himself for for whatever reason to get himself some attention, or if he or if the chubby guy from Amarillo was was really there really existed it, but nobody nobody found anything else. Yeah, the Air Force investigated it. Um, I think in the Air Force Project Blue Book files, it was from Wellington, Texas. He lived, Watts lived close to a place called Loco, Texas, and I thought that was a apropos for that. Definitely. <laughs> Loco, <laughs> Texas. I'll tell you, we're not going to go Loco if we do the break now. We have Kevin Randall with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. G-C-N. Great talk radio starts here. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com now at DeseretFoodStore.com, sign up for a one-month supply of delicious food for only $99 with free shipping. That's right, only $99. Gourmet restaurant-style meals with a 30-year shelf life. Packaged in heavy-duty Mylar bags for easy transport and freshness. Meals like stroganoff, lasagna, teriyaki, five-bean chili, granola pancakes, and much more. Visit DeseretFoodStore.com, spelled D-E-S-E-R-E-T, FoodStore.com, or call 801-444-1444. Food for now, food for life. In a coming-apart world, you need something to keep it tied together. That something is Atwood Rope, the highest quality rope made in the USA from exotic braids for military, rescue, arborists, shipyards, tow line, or boating. Quality rope at affordable prices you and your customers can depend on. Find a dealer or shop online at atwoodrope.net. Enter promo code RADIO to receive 100 feet of 550 paracord free with purchase. Atwood Rope, working to keep the world tied together. Hello? Congratulations. For what? For losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP is your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Visit GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Lose weight and look great with ASAP, as slim as possible. That's the sound of your door being kicked in by an intruder with a single kick. 
That's the sound of the same door now protected by the Door Sentinel at MySafeDoor.com. Go to MySafeDoor.com right now and watch the amazing video. At MySafeDoor.com, you'll learn how to turn your home into a fortress with the Door Sentinel. 16 kicks later, and the Door Sentinel is still holding strong. MySafeDoor.com. That's MySafeDoor.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Loco, Texas. Let's move on to another question. I think we've gone past that one. Okay, well, this goes into uh, a question about your service. And um, okay, this is uh, the third question from Blowfish, and it it involves uh, your service. And he wants to know what are the best helicopters you've flown in, and what are your thoughts on the Blackhawks? Also, what are your thoughts on the Afghanistan withdrawal? The helicopters I flew, I flew what was called the TH 55, which I think is civilian designation is a Hughes. 300. It looks sort of like a grasshopper face and a real skinny tail boom. Uh, flew the Hueys, of course, in all kinds of different configurations from uh, uh, the slicks in Vietnam, uh, gunships, Firefly, flew Firefly mission once, flew Smoky, that sort of thing. Um, it's very simple, very easy aircraft to fly, very forgiving aircraft. Uh, Huey is a great aircraft. Our uh, Our Designation for the Black Hawk <laughs> when we were in Iraq was the Crash Hawk, but that's something else. Um, they, but they've become very, very complicated. The Huey was very simple compared to that. Uh, with the the new technologies they plug into these things, they're they're very, very technologically oriented, and, and it's it's really not the same kind of joy of flying that you get. You spend a lot of time looking inside the cockpit as opposed to just enjoying the scenery outside the uh, cockpit. I think that any time we tell the enemy our plans for withdrawal, we're giving them a major advantage when we talk about our withdrawal plans from Afghanistan. Um, I, I just don't see the advantage of, from, from, from the standpoint of the soldiers in the field, telling the enemy what you're going to do. A, a political move, telling your partisans what you're going to do is is probably a good thing to, to keep their support. And, and it's just not the Obama administration who's done that. You go back to the 1960s, and the Nixon administration pulled the same thing prior to the uh, um, well, first prior to the 68 elections and then prior to the 72 elections to uh, uh, ensure that Nixon got an extra four years in the White House. I think mm-hmm. that when you mix politics with the prosecution of a war, you are damaging and, and hurting the soldiers who are in the field conducting the military operations. Unfortunately, it seems to happen almost all the time. Let's get back to our particular area of discussion here. Now, let's look at the climate in 2012. Let's go back to that survey that National Geographic did, and I don't know how scientific it was, but it was done by a real surveying organization 
showing that about a third of the people in the United States believe in UFOs. There's some kind of wacky answers, like two-thirds of the people who are questioned believe that Barack Obama is better capable of handling an alien invasion than Romney, but we'll get past that. <laughs> now, older surveys... Where do they come up with stuff like that? Well, I was going to say, what would be the purpose of invading Earth? If you think about it from the alien point of view, what would be the purpose of invading Earth? What resource could we possibly have here that, would, that, that they would want that they couldn't gather other places in the solar system with a lot less effort? That's well, well Kevin, come on. Human emotion and uh, secretions from the pituitary gland, I'm sure, or the pineal gland. Uh, that's, uh, that's great science fiction, but makes no sense. <laughs> uh, unless, of course, we happen to be food. Oh, yeah. I went, in, I went off on a tangent. I'm, I'm, I'm back now. Okay, so let's go back to the wacky to the wacky. Okay, so we have a third of the people in the United States believe in UFOs, I guess, therefore, being spaceships, because that's the assumed answer. But if you go back to older surveys in the 90s, and even older, more than half the people in America believed in UFO reality. So are we seeing here that less and less, fewer and fewer people are interested in UFOs or accept their reality, or are people so wrapped up with other considerations they can't even think about the subject? I would, I would say D, if I was going to guess. But I would also point out that in the last year and a half, I have probably been called 50 times on surveys about my political beliefs. You know, granted, this is not UFOs, but... Uh, how accurate are the surveys when they keep calling the same people over and over and over again? I always make up answers to skew the results just to, just to bug them. And, and, and hopefully they'll hear this and now they'll take my name off their list. But I, you, know, it, you look at it, you have to realize, I don't know what the uh, margin of error was in it. I don't know how large the survey was. I don't know how they selected their sample. And all of that might skew the results. But, but yeah, I noticed the same thing that... that a number of years ago, more than 50% of the people believed that uh, some UFOs were spaceships, and today we're, we're, we're down to 30%. But I don't know how the, the surveys were conducted, and I know nothing about the, um, the variables that they used in their surveys. So I just don't I, – I ignore surveys as being useless. So regardless, how do we interest people today in looking at UFOs and taking it seriously? <laughs> well, first of all, we get crap like chasing UFOs off the air. Because uh, <laughs> that's not helping. Uh, the, the thing is, you know, I, I look at it from my point of view, which is I would like to treat it as a serious subject. I would like to bring science to the the, the study of ufology. I would like to see people uh, get away from their personal agendas in ufology and talk about what we can find in the way of evidence. But that's not going to happen. So, uh, you know, the only thing I can say is I try to. Uh, be as scientific in my orientation toward the subject. I try to be as honest in my reporting of the subject. And if I make a mistake, I try to be the first one to point out, hey, I, I blew the call on that one, and let's move on to something else. But the other thing we run into is, and, and we were mentioning it earlier on the Aztec case, some of these things just resurface. You can't, you can't drive a stake through them and end them forever. You've got the Allende letters. Uh, these were the, the letters sent to the to the Navy in the, in the 1950s that alleged some kind of superior knowledge of UFOs. The guy finally admitted it was a hoax. 
signed a document saying it was a hoax, and today we still argue about the reality of the Allende letters. I mean, it's, it's just preposterous. Now, one of the and things so, talked about there was, of course, the Philadelphia Experiment, supposedly taking place in World War II. And guess what? There was a new Philadelphia Experiment movie on Sci-Fi Channel, low-budget movie, and they had Malcolm McDowell in there, and one of the original actors of the original Philadelphia Experiment movie from some years back. So we never give up these legends. Well, but, but there you're talking about a movie. And, and when we were doing the Roswell movie, and I was on, on the set as, as a technical advisor, and I mentioned to the director that they had addressed some guy in, in one way, and I said, you know, that's really not quite right what you should do. And he says, you know, you have to remember one thing here. We're making a movie, not a documentary. And so you've got to remember it's, it's a movie. My mother told me repeatedly that George Custer had been promoted to Brigadier General by mistake. And that comes from the movie They Died With Their Boots On. If you read your history, you find out that Custer was promoted to Brigadier General just as the other members of his class were because they took the regulars and put them in charge of the volunteer or state militias that were being called up or activated to, to fight the Civil War. So, you know, you look at that stuff and you say, well, this is a movie. You've got to remember it's a movie. Uh, you look at the documentaries and say, is there a bias by the documentary producers that you can pick up and and sometimes they're overly enthusiastic about ufos and they embrace everything and sometimes they wouldn't they wouldn't admit the ufos were real if they had footage of the damn things landing you just have to 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 look at that and 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 try to get through the noise okay but you also have certain ufo reality shows paranormal reality shows we all know what they are, and we've mentioned one of them over and over again without naming names. We have all these shows going on there. That has to influence the public's perception because I assume if you go to the average person and say, this show, do you think it's real? Do you think House Hunters is real if they're really seeing three houses in 30 minutes and choosing which house they're going to buy? And you have to wonder how many people just accept that as a reality. This is it. This is reality TV. This is cable TV. This is the way the world works. And when you try to involve them in more intricate mysteries, and certainly the UFO mystery is very, very complex, and you can't cover it in a year or a decade, do you think that this is just spoiling the pool in terms of interesting people in a very serious discussion with lots of serious ramifications? Kevin Randall's going to have the answer, maybe, to that long question in our next segment with Gene and Chris. You're in The Paracast. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com radio, DreamHost.com radio. Web 
whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. Healthy soils grow healthy plants. So before you plant your survival garden this year, is your soil healthy? Maximize your crisis garden soil with EM1 from Terraganics. EM1 organic soil conditioner, fertilizer amendment, and compost accelerant provides healthier gardens and faster, efficient garden composting. EM1 from Terraganics.com quickly improves soil structure by increasing nutrient availability and converting organic matter into soil humus. This improves seed germination and root growth, improves plant quality, size, color, flavor, nutrient value of fruits and vegetables and improves shelf life. And when rain is not in the forecast, no worries. EM1 improves moisture retention in soils, helping reduce drought stress. Just like you prepare all else, prepare your crisis garden for maximum yields with EM1 from Terraganics.com. Order now at T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Terraganics, life's getting better. American gardeners and fellow patriots make the right choice with your money, time, and your family food supply. Choose 100% pure heirloom seeds in the Survival Seed Vault from MyPatriotSupply.com. Why spend more? The Survival Seed Vault from MyPatriotSupply.com is only $37.95 and includes 20 varieties of pure, hardy, easy-to-grow heirloom seeds. Yes, only $37.95. That's 70% less than our competitors. You could buy three Survival Seed Vaults for less than one of theirs. The Survival Seed Vault from MyPatriotSupply.com includes detailed planting and seed saving instructions and ship same day plus all orders over $49 ship free mypatriotsupply.com is american owned by patriots like you passionate about freedom and preparedness call now 866-229-0927 that's 866-229-0927 or discover more emergency preparedness items when you order at mypatriotsupply.com choose the original choose the survival seed vault at mypatriotsupply.com Every day, nearly 3,000 families enter into foreclosure and face losing their home. If you're currently behind on your mortgage, you can still avoid foreclosure. You can save your home, but you need to act now. We're Allied State Foreclosure Services. We're experts in saving homes from foreclosure. With just one phone call to us, you can stop the foreclosure process, lower your monthly mortgage payments, and save your home. Call now. The call is free with no obligation. 1-800-597-8843. Call us if you've been threatened with foreclosure, denied loan modification, or missed a payment on your mortgage. If you've been a victim of a predatory loan or are upside down on your mortgage, even if you've lost your job and you're worried about losing your home, don't wait. Call us now and let us help you save your home. You've worked hard to build a life with your family. Let us help you keep your home. Call now before it's too late. 1-800-597-8843. 1-800-597-8843. 1-800-597-8843. Hi, this is Ted Phillips listening to the Paracast, and it's as good as it gets, believe me. With Gene, with Chris on the Paracast, our final segment with Kevin D. Randall, author of a number of books about UFOs, author of science fiction books. He clearly labels which is which, so you know, and he also has that blog, A Different Perspective. 
So I'm talking about the poison pool, Kevin, that the reality shows, everything else, kind of spoils what someone's reaction is about any event, particularly something as involved as the UFO mystery. How do we deal with that? You can't. There's nothing you can do. Uh, take the news. Take the news uh, media. I, I was standing in our talk in Baghdad, Iraq. We had what I called my open source intelligence, which meant we had a satellite dish that brought in the uh, the news programs. And I remember watching uh, Ted Koppel on Nightline, and he's standing in a school in Baghdad, and he says, "Look at the deplorable conditions. Here's raw sewage in the corner of this school." And I turned to the my fellows in the talk, and I said, great, we fixed 2,500 schools, and this guy gets to the one we haven't been to yet. So you get a perception that the schools in, in Iraq had been destroyed and they weren't functioning, and yet the reality of the situation was a lot of them had been repaired. A lot of them had been repaired by American soldiers. A lot of the school supplies had been supplied by American soldiers from family groups that sent them stuff that they asked for so they could help the, the, the students uh, going to Iraqi schools out, and you don't get that perception from the news. There's nothing we can do about it. You, you, you have to sort through it yourself and say, you know, is this reality? You've got to understand on television they're making a show that uh, is entertaining, and they're, they're going to try to make it entertaining because if it's not entertaining, people aren't going to watch it. And while I might think that something – uh, some UFO sighting is extremely exciting based on what would be more boring and mundane facts about it. Uh, most people might not like that sort of thing. They want to see something more exciting. There's, not, there's really nothing we can do about it other than all of us who are interested in this trying to present uh, the UFO information as, as uh, precisely as we can, as honestly as we can, and, and admitting to the mistakes we make, but also pointing out, you know, uh, uh, the, the skeptical community says, you know, Frank Kaufman was not telling the truth about the Roswell crash. Well, the only reason you guys know that is because Mark Roddicker, Don Schmidt, Mark Chesney, and I made sure that information got published. Okay, let's move on to another subject real quickly here. You've run a couple of columns about recent contacts with Travis Walton, the UFO abductee. Any new insights about his case? Not really. Um, I, I, I know that Travis Walton had been very annoyed at me with what we had said in the abduction enigma about uh, abductions in general, uh, but we sat down and had a nice chat about that. Would you the summarize thing- for our listeners who haven't read that book what your feeling is about the abduction scenario? <laughs> that the, uh, the answer is trustworthy based. That, the, that we don't have a bunch of alien creatures abducting people on a regular basis. But I also said to Travis Walton, and I'll say, uh, say it to anybody, if there is alien abduction going on, I would expect the scenario to more uh, follow the one-time Travis Walton type of scenario than the, the beings coming back repeatedly to abduct the same people over and over again and perform genetic experiments that would have been crude by 1950s standards. But that's a whole other argument. But what, um, what I was interested in, uh, I had an opportunity to talk to Steve Pierce, who was one of the guys in the truck with Walton when he was abducted. And there had been a controversy about uh, Philip Class offering him $10,000 to say it was a hoax. And so uh, I, had, I had explored that a number of months ago on the, on the blog and what Phil Class had to say about that, and now I had a chance to sit down with Pierce on a one-to-one and talk to him about it and got, got it from his perspective. And um, Pierce, Pierce was of the opinion that Class had offered him $10,000 to say it was a hoax, 
But before Class would pay the money, he wanted evidence that it was a hoax. You know, here's the generator we used to produce the lights. Here's how we did this. Here's how we did that. That sort of thing. And and Pierce uh, wasn't going to do that. But but what I found interesting is is Pierce's wife said to him, "Is it a hoax?" And he said to her, no, it's not. And she said, then why would you say it? And he said, for the money. And she said, I'll never spend any of that money if you get it. And I found that kind of interesting. Now, on my blog, there's been a number of people just outraged that I have, uh, I, you know, I, I, I published what Steve Pierce had told me, and I said that I found no reason to disbelieve him, uh, which isn't to say that what he's saying is based in reality, but it's the truth as he believes it, just as his class may may have uh, said something to somebody that was misunderstood or class may in fact have uh, offered him the ten thousand dollars to say it was a hoax i don't really know but you know that was that was what that was i wanted to sit down with pierce and talk to him about that specific aspect of the case did phil class offer you ten thousand dollars to say it was a hoax and according to pierce class did now the class defenders that appear on my blog periodically they're just outraged by this how dare you attack phil class and so there you go so it's an attack if you tell the truth so in this Uh, day and age you're saying that if there was any ufo abductions at all it would be Travis Walton would be at least a textbook example of someone having a Barney really weird Hill. thing happen to them one time and one yeah. time only. What about Barney Pascagoula, Mississippi? What about Betty and Barney Hill? I was going to say Barney and Betty Hill, yeah, that would be it. Uh, Pascagoula, I mean, it, what, what we're looking at is a target of opportunity. And, and that strikes me as the way it would be done rather than this ongoing um, linear study of one specific family that, that crosses many generations and performing genetic experience, experiments that make no scientific sense and, and, and would have been crude if we had been trying those experiments in the 1950s. The uh, thing I wonder about here, too, is if I'm an ET and I'm 1,000, 5,000, 100,000 years more advanced at Earth, I want to come here and I want to learn about us. Why concentrate on one family why concentrate on something so insignificant? And and what? Why do you why do you need to abduct literally thousands and thousands of people if you if you're trying to get a baseline of the of the species? You don't have to abduct that many people. I mean, after after you've looked at ten or twelve and and they're they're pretty much the same. You, you you've got a pretty solid baseline. Yeah, there's always the possibility for the anomaly. Well, we abducted the seven seven foot two guy who happened to be a basketball star. Uh, that's not typical of the human race, but but if you you pick a pretty random sample, you're going to get a pretty good baseline of what the human race is about. You'd also you want to look at the extremes: it. people very short, people very tall, that kind of thing. The minorities well, we, see why and, and, there are exceptions. And we ask we ask questions. You know, we found some anom- anomalies in the abduction statistics, but we, we we thought you know this this suggests are there other anomalies in the in the statistics? Why do they always seem to uh, 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 abduct? Um, one specific type, you know, are they looking for, are they looking for, if, if they abducted people of a certain blood type, that might be interesting. Or are the um, left-handed people overrepresented in the population? What about college-educated people as opposed to high school-educated people? I mean, there's statistics that could be gathered from the abduction population that might give us some answers, but that sort of thing is never done. Instead, we put them under hypnotic regression, and we keep asking them the same question until we get the answer we want. Right. And, and, and if you, you, Bud Hopkins challenged uh, some of us indirectly to show where he led the witnesses 
uh, in his hypnotic regression sentences or sessions. So I just used uh, one of his books and pulled a session out where it was clear that he wasn't getting the answer he wanted, and he kept asking the same question until he got the answer he wanted. Uh, John Mack had said it was interesting that there seemed to be a matching between the uh, abductee and the abduction researcher as to their belief structures. In other words, cold calculating aliens went went to Bud Hopkins. Those with an Eastern philosophy ended up with John Mack, those with a um, uh, uh, interested in in genetics ended up with David Jacobs. And the benevolent space brother cases ended up with Leo Sprinkle. And I'll tell you what, we have no more benevolence to offer this week. Kevin Randall, tell our listeners where they find more of the stuff that you write. Amazon.com, of course, the local bookstores, and they can take a look at my blog, as you pointed out, A Different Perspective at uh, kevinrandall.blogspot.com. Fascinating blog. He's very outspoken. He posts, what, every few days. I read well, once, it regularly. and we I try to get it once a week. <laughs> we recommend it highly. We also recommend a very interesting site called OurStrangePlanet.com, which is run by our friend Chris O'Brien. We're working on getting a 24-7 webcam up there. It's going to take a little bit more work, but we'll do it, and we will succeed, Chris, we promise. We are known as the PowerCast on Twitter. That's the PowerCast on Twitter. Or you can go to forum.paracast.com and check out the discussions. Kevin Randall, thanks for joining us this week on the Paracast. And thank you. The Paracast. Featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.